Give me the dummy, Ray, Ben. Like, they got all sorts of wild weapons out there in development. You know, sounds that are supposed to make you just, like, incapacitated and True, whatnot. yeah, throw up or whatever. Right. Yeah. They gotta be working on some sort of ray that just makes you, like, turns your brain into dummy brain. Just right? an absolute moron when you're exposed to this ray. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, uh, we could think about it and go, oh, what a dystopian future. But here, listen to my pitch. You, you don't sell it to the militarized police. You sell it to individuals. Because, boy, would I love to just dummy out for about three hours. Mm, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. spray myself with a little, like, spritz or whatever, or maybe like a laser beam. I don't know. And then, boom, just veg out three hours. Because, you know, somebody might say, well, that's weed. That's I was going to say, I've, I've had strains of the indica that have a pretty similar effect of dummying me up pretty good. <laughs> and let me, let me tell you this. If somebody could make consistently some weed that they that just always gave you dummy brain, I'd be so happy about that. I'd be so happy about <laughs> that. I can't turn my brain off for half a second. If I could turn it off for just three hours, I feel like when I came to, it would feel like I'd been on like a three-week vacation. Like, yeah, it totally. Would just be amazing. So well I rested. Wow, just because I was dumb <laughs> for a little while. Yes. Oh. And then like a fucking uh, a DoorDash guy shows up with like a ton of Olive Garden, and you're like, okay, so there are side effects to this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know some people listening are like, I love an Olive Garden, and listen, you love that all you want. That's fine for you. Disagree. I don't know you have why. bad taste. To you have me, bad taste. Disagree. It smells like dog food. I used to love it. I used to eat it all the time as a kid. You know, whenever it would go go get a big fancy meal at the Olive Garden, boy, you could eat salad for days. Look at but out. then a certain point, I think I was probably like twenty four, twenty five. I don't know why I smelled it, and it just smelled like dog food, and it's always smelled like dog food to me since. Mm, okay, all right. <laughs> anyway, so maybe that won't happen with the dummy ray exposure you're talking about. Oh, uh, maybe though. I mean, hey, maybe dummy ray me will be like, oh, this is the best. I love this Olive Garden. Give me some Alfredo. You gotta be careful. What if you get out there and you go to voting with that dummy ray engaged? Look out! Well, Look out. okay. See, now that's <laughs> that's gotta be where you got. You got to be responsible with the dummy ray. You can't no. just be like, oh, I'm going to use the dummy ray and drive. Don't do that. Don't do that, mm. please. I feel like people are already doing that. And I don't even oh, know yeah. where they're There's getting the dummy rays. There is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to ask them. Got to ask them. Yeah, yeah. So scientists, get on that, please. Get on that dummy ray here, guys. We're here to voice our complaints and our needs in life on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely. Here, so this is supposed to be your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And today we're talking about the Chell. That's right, the, the Chell. Mm-hmm. From the year Secret of the Kells. That's what I watched. Two thousand. Starring Jenny from the Block. <laughs> J-Lo? Right. It is starring Jenny from the Block. Uh, it's oh, a man. boy. Got a Gomer Pyle in there. Uh, who else we got? We got a Savannah. Wait, Vaughn. Gomer Pyle? Yeah. Have you, ever, wait, have you seen Full Metal Jacket? Oh, private pile. Uh, okay. Private pile. Uh-huh. Okay. I was like, wait, Gomer? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> surprise, surprise, private pile. surprise. 
<laughs> I'll tell you, I was looking forward to this so much after it got drawn out of the Patreon smoking bowl that we do that, that when I correct. knew that we was going to be watching it all day long, I was thinking, waiting for tonight. Oh. <laughs> When I will be watching this movie, waiting for tonight, J Lo. <laughs> yeah, killing it. Yeah, I think. Do you uh, think she ever takes a huge bong rip and she's like, "Now I'm J High." Yes. Huh? Yeah, I think she yeah, does. Exactly. Yeah, I think you she know does what? it in this they, movie actually. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think they probably cut that line from this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she probably leaned back and was like. I am Jay High, and they're like, "Cut! <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> For one, in this movie, you are not J Lo. That is not your character's name, so therefore, that makes no sense. Unless you're just, you know, what? Maybe she was making a reference to the fact that she looks like Jennifer Lopez, and people tell oh, her that all the time. Yeah, and she yeah, goes, yeah. "I'm not J Lo looking. I'm Jay High looking." <laughs> and she got like, bloodshot eyes looking in the yeah, mirror. Yeah, I mean, that's the only Catherine way you could Dean. be watching that fucking. What's that? That animated thing, Fantastic Planet, that she's watching. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's like cracking mm-hmm. up laughing. It's because yeah. she's Jay High, dog. Absolutely. Yeah, I took a screenshot of her because she's like, she looks like so stoned, just like vegged out with that like slight grin because it's so perfect. She's she's definitely uh, uh, accustomed to the, the face of a high person, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's done it before. She's done it before. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be uh, diving deeply into the chell. And if you want to get straight on to the movie review portion, there is a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But you don't want to miss out on today's show because uh, what you guys don't know is I have Steve encased in a glass cube that is slowly filling with my own piss as we record this. I've been saving up. Oh. Mm, yep. Yeah. Mm. Huh. You're going to okay. get periodic little showers throughout the show till it fills okay. up. Mm-hmm. Grand finale. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good time. You don't want to miss out on it. And okay. meanwhile, okay. I'm also recording this sitting in a bath of bleach. Oh. Well, my so pee hole bo- burns so bad. Re- it's awful. <laughs> We're it's both just really terrible. getting into the mindset of the characters here. Um, I'll tell you what, when that piss started coming down, uh, I did not know it was piss. So, mm, mm, got mm, a little mm, taste mm. of it. You might want to go to the doctor. Okay. I Well, yeah. you know what? I actually do have a doctor's appointment Thursday. Yeah, so, I'll be I sure can... to tell my doctor I encased my podcast co-host <laughs> in a cube of my own piss. And he said it didn't taste quite right. Tell yeah, me what's it's up. a little off. You want to try? <laughs> you want to try it, Doc? Huh? That's normal, right? When you go to the doctor, your doctor yes. tastes your piss, right? One hundred percent, every time, right? Ooh, but, musky. I mean, it's viscous. <laughs> viscous is not a viscous. thing you want to hear about your piss. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> it's probably not normal, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I'll yeah. let you know what she says. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> let me. Yeah, and I, hopefully I will be alive to to hear about it after being encased in this cell uh, filled with piss. So yeah, yeah, the cell. We're talking about it today from the year two thousand. But 2000. guess what? We're gonna jibber jabber a whole bunch. If you want to get straight on to the movie discussion, there's a time step in there the is. episode description. Don't you, you come that? complaining at us. Don't you, Do you come complaining at us. We told I you. Just, we told you. I just got him there. I got him got there him. so quick. I was like, get over got there. Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're damn right. You're damn right. 
Well, I've had a pretty busy week, but I've had time to watch a couple of fun things and do a couple of fun things here in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm going to tell you about them. Then I'm going to open up a cold beer and begin drinking it. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. I have a plan. This sounds fun. I've been writing a bunch of new original music this week. The Inspirato has returned. Like I, uh, long story short, maybe I've said this before already, but like, I've really been trying to slim down my schedule in a lot of ways because I I have fashioned myself to be a juggler of projects. I'm really uh-huh. more of a dribbler, though. I'm really more okay. of a dribble. Okay. Just a one ball bouncing is what I really oh, do okay. the best with. So I've been uh-huh. trying to focus on working on my tunes because I don't have a bunch of stuff I have to learn for gigs or anything um, right now that's very pressing. So working on some new original music, very excited about that stuff. Cranking out the YouTube vids as usual as well as doing a couple of fun things. We watched a dang old Death Becomes Her the other day. What? 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 Love that movie. What? So Man, good. it's it's so fucking good. Jeez. I think I love it more every time that I watch it. Because I remember when we did it for the show, which that's been, uh-huh. I don't know, two or three years now, I think. Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh-huh. Whenever we did it for the show, I'd never seen it before. And I remember watching it the first time and like not really getting it like i just did not get the tone i didn't get the vibe and i was kind of disappointed in it and then kate's like i think you need to watch this again i think you just weren't really expecting the right thing and i remember we watched it like twice in a row and i was like uh-huh. oh wait fuck me like i get it like i guess i have a bad time whenever a movie is going to be campy and i don't expect it to be campy i just don't read the vibe whatsoever because that movie has some camp vibe to it for sure i think i was like expecting i don't know something i don't know serious or i don't know what i wanted out of it but man now i go back and watch that movie knowing what i'm getting into and it is just it is so fucking great man that is a fantastic dark fucked up movie yeah it is hell yeah man i love it i mean uh yeah definitely one that i've had uh in the rotation since childhood because I Hell remember yeah. the first time I saw it, just really enjoying it. It you know puts together things I love. It's morbid and it's got cool effects uh, and it's got uh, uh, funny stuff and also you know Isabella Rossellini. Yeah, I was gonna so, say also she's in there and it yeah. doesn't hurt the movie at all. No, no, she she in fact helps the movie. I'd say she helps bunch. the movie. She does. I agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. So good, man. We've been getting in the Halloween spirit, watching Trick or Treat, one of our absolute favorites. I swear, man, you want to get in that All Hallows Eve spirit, you put that dang old flick on, you're going to have a good time. Tell Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's Fuck, a blast. So good. So good. So I, good. And, and by the way, I don't know if you put uh, this together, but the doctor guy in this is in that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dylan something or another, I think Dylan, yeah, is. Dylan Baker, maybe? Uh, yeah, like when I was looking at his face, I was like, what do I know that guy from? Yeah, and as totally. soon as I saw Trick or Treat, I was like, "That's it, Trick or Treat." Yes, that's him. That's a good one. watched. Uh, watched the Halloween 2018 again the other night, which I I still I still like, um, mm-hmm. and I still do think it is the best Halloween movie after the OG. Okay, having you know completed the David Gordon Green trilogy of movies right. now uh-huh. now i wonder how much of the stuff that i like in that movie is just pure dumb luck because man those <laughs> other two 
<laughs> they're not very good <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we're, we'll be we'll uh I, I imagine be talking about the final of his trilogy since we've done the the past two, that's why i'm rewatching them yeah. yeah yeah and um and i am i am not a fan of it i am excited to do it for the show as i really want to try I want to try to like it. I'm gonna go I so far to out good. of my yeah. ro- like way to try to like it because I know okay. we have uh, listeners, uh, people in the group who've said they like it. Uh, I I know that a, a lot of people get enjoyment out of it. I want to I want to get there. I want to yeah. get there. It'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, don't be wrong. Like I don't want to hate installments of the Halloween but I franchise. I, I do. But yeah, most of them are really bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's just no fighting it. So right. yeah, I watched that one again. And again, it's got some cool stuff in there. It's got some stuff in there that is like cheesier and less cool the more mm. time goes by and knowing okay. how you know the arc of the trilogy goes. But I don't right. know. It's still a pretty good watch, man. We watched uh, Wendell and Wild the other okay. day. I remember you yeah, talking yeah. about this one on the show yeah, a while yeah, back. Yeah, we, we watched it a while back, I think around Christmas. Uh, the animation is so cool. Like, yeah, so many cool. like really cool things going on there. And of course, you know, the, the voice acting is great. Oh yeah, 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 and uh, like Key and Peele are in there, and right? I think, uh-huh. I think Jordan, I want to say wrote it if I'm not mistaken, or co-wrote mm-hmm. it if I'm not I'll mistaken. I'll have to look Jordan into Peele. that while you tell us a little bit about your feelings on it. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Like I, uh, I think that it had a lot of really very important, very valid messaging, especially uh, stuff about you know for. Um, for-profit prisons and the education system and how it just sets up people to go to jail. There was a lot of stuff in there where I was like, holy shit, they are going there with this. Like, I expected it just to be, you know, fun, spooky kids movie, and it is, but there's also a bunch of stuff in there that is strong social commentary that is extremely valid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it uh, and it is. It is co-written by by nice. uh, Jordan Peele, but it, it is PG thirteen. So I guess like okay, yeah. yeah, it is. It is aiming probably for more of a teen audience. Um, and, but I mean, yeah, as you said, yes, uh, like it 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 does have so much stronger messaging than you'd expect from a stop motion a movie like this. It, oh yeah, it, but yeah, I I it's. What what did you think about? Because it 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 reminded me kind of of Paranorman in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In some ways, it, it does. It has its own aesthetic, but it's, it's similar to Paranorman in ways. Yeah, it's somewhere in between like Paranorman and, and Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, right. I think it was. I think it was a little too long. Yeah, um, it's it's like an hour forty something. I think. That's a long time for a stop motion movie. I, I feel like I one of the reasons why we all love Nightmare Before Christmas so much, not only because of the aesthetic and the voice cast and the music and uh-huh. all that jazz, but I think that that movie really nails the length just right for a stop it's motion. It's under movie. eighty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, plus uh-huh. doing that stop motion. Listen, that's time consuming, y'all. I know you got other things to do. Make me a shorter movie. Go yeah, enjoy yourself. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think, um, you know, mo- movies like, uh, you know, Paranorman we mentioned, I think that's an hour and a half, and I do feel like Paranorman drags a little bit, even though it, it's only like an hour and a half. There's like 10 minutes that could be cut out. Yeah, I yeah, love that yeah. movie, but mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, 10, 15 minutes, a little tighter, would do that movie some good. I totally yeah. agree, man. Totally agree. I, I don't know why that is. I don't feel that way about just regular animated movies. Um, not really sure why I feel hmm. that way about stop motion, but for some reason I do. 
I think I just feel bad knowing how to- how much time it took. You know, maybe so. Yeah, I'm just sitting there like, oh, guys, you know, <laughs> like take a- take a break, okay? <laughs> For real, go make yourself some dinner. Take off your socks and shoes. All right, relax. I can <laughs> yeah. have less movies, so you can have more time, guys. Chill. <laughs> You you're just supporting the modern worker and I that am. is admirable i think you know what i'm mm-hmm. looking towards the future but still a pretty good watch man we did some other fun stuff this week man we had the uh the knoxville punk rock flea market the other day at the miller oh, mine cool. yeah dude it's my favorite day of the fucking year man whenever kate and i get to go to the punk rock flea market and just spend way too much money and be surrounded by i don't know man people that are like us that look like us that are into the same stuff as us there's like fucking metal and punk and grindcore bands playing while like local artists are selling so much horror movie related stuff and awesome morbid art and like skulls and bones and articulations and everything that i like like i feel like i could go around that thing in every booth I could find something that I like that was handmade by some artist. And I don't even care, you know, spending the money and stuff that we do on those things because I'm passing dollar bills from my hand to the artist's hand that made yeah, the Yeah, it's going directly to it. them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's my favorite day of the fucking year. It is so great, man. Um, I always, always, always look forward to it. And this year was no exception. So fucking great. Yeah. And then, uh, dude, last night we went and saw Daniel Tosh perform in Knoxville. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, he's still doing that Daniel Tosh thing. <laughs> yeah, was it? I don't pretty know, much what like, you're thinking. I mean, I know that like in his in his final seasons of Tosh Point he kind of dropped some of the the shtick a little bit because he, you know, he he's 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 doing a kind of character on stage in, in some ways, um, sure, of being just a, a pure asshole. Uh, <laughs> so is is he still doing that character? You know, I think that having a wife and a couple of kids has maybe, yeah. like, softened him up a right. little. I mean, there was still, you know, jokes about fucking uh, abortions being great and 9-11 and just all kinds well, of Well, abortions are great. Up. I agree with him. Totally. Pro-abortion. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But Absolutely. I, yeah, no, I, I, I know that, like, because uh, he, he, he was definitely always kind of, yeah, one of the edgy type of comics there but i know in his last few years on tosh.0 oh, he, he he got more open about like being cool with like uh lgbtq plus etc like he he oh. had always like kind of shown it by always having those types of people on the show but he just came more open with like you know absolutely like showing that he liked those people nice. um so that's cool of him but i yeah i I do wonder, like, I, I don't know if I could sit and listen to one of his sets. I, I don't know. You'd if have I a good could. time. Honestly, I would you'd have, have a good okay, time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it, cool. it was never like, like, it never reached that point where it's just like, okay, man, you're just reaching to be offensive. Like, you're just okay, saying pee pee poo poo on stage and trying to offend people. Like, it was yeah. actually all really good and really well put together and not just shock humor or like yeah. offensive kind of stuff oh, that's cool. just for the sake of being offensive. Fun time. It was a good time and we were some friends and stuff. So, we had ourselves a very, very nice time, man. 
And now I'm going to crack myself open a co-beer. That way I can get my palate all moisturized while I hear about what you've been watching. Good thing I've Uh got myself a beer from our good friend Roger Dean Miller. This is one that he gave me from Revolution Brewing. Oh, actually brewed in Chicago where he happens to be right now. This is a peanut butter Eugene. Old PB Eugene. A peanut butter porter. And it's a 6.8-er. I'm looking forward to wrapping wow, my lips. Okay. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Bitch. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I haven't had a ton of time to just be watching movies for fun because uh, we're working uh, pretty hard on on getting out the uh, uh, Legacy Brutality episode that by the time this comes out will have already been out. Uh, but by, we're also by the time working- this comes out, you're going to be too famous for me. Is that right? <laughs> You'll have moved yeah. the fuck on. Fuck yeah. People will be like, yes, I love this horror podcast about the Apocalypse Trilogy. <laughs> Yay. I yeah. hope so. I really hope so. Maybe that'll happen. Somebody will just be like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then everybody will listen to it. But uh, well, th- that if it doesn't helps, matter. What's I've been that? praying for you the whole time have you whole time oh my god that is yeah. so sweet oh. it's gonna make a difference or not <laughs> and either way that's how it was supposed to be it worked yeah exactly yeah no but, uh, you know the show the show is, is a passion project so hopefully people enjoy it um Ooh, but I enjoy this beer, by the way. Holy moly. Oh, yeah? Oh, stuff. man. It's good. Yeah, like I was kind of worried the peanut buttery thing would be like too much sugar, too like thick and heavy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's actually still relatively dry and yeah. not super heavy. Like it's not like a stout. You know, it's a porter, yeah. so it's not Porters that are much, brutally yeah. heavy. Yeah, they got that look, but they're they're lighter. They're much more refreshing, mm. yeah. You got that look. It's good, man. <laughs> Mm, tasty. Uh, okay, so you got this new show that be uh, that be dropping. Yeah, we also got the uh, Hellrankers coming out, so we're working through the Conjuring series. So we've watched three Annabelle movies and the first Conjuring. Jesus, um, man. Yeah, the first Conjuring is um, like I don't want to reveal too much, but I will say that like every time that they get away uh, from the fully religious stuff, it's better. Like when it's mm-hmm. when it's a little more like, oh, there's a witch. Like, oh, cool, a witch. I'm interested in a witch. I don't care about you know religious nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the Annabelle movies. Something interesting about Annabelle is, I you know because like we talked about this with Child's Play, that like a doll's not like scary physically. Like, cause you know, the doll in child's play, like attacks people and yeah, it's like, but it's a, it's yeah, it's a, a doll. doll. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about Annabelle is like, she doesn't do shit. She just sits there. She's looking crazy. Like, yeah, she does. I, she does look quite a fright. It's true. Yeah, I just, I kind of got into it after a bit because after, uh, because you know, uh, there's three Annabelle movies and the first conjuring, the first conjuring has Annabelle in it as well. I just kind of like got into the entire concept of this is just a doll that looks creepy. It does like it's got demon powers and stuff, but it's predominant thing it does is just sit there and look creepy. Ooh, look out. <laughs> That's just so ridiculous. I kind of like it. Um, you know what you should do? This should inspire you to write your own trilogy of cursed object movie oh, for sure. stories. Yeah, uh-huh. And you should make it about 
a haunted butt plug and call it anal ball. Anal ball. What do you think? Anal ball. Anal ball. Anal ball. That thing's haunted. Okay, so would it be the same title? So anal ball, anal ball, anal ball creation and anal ball yeah. comes home. Okay. Uh-huh. Tag tagline haint in your taint. All right. <laughs> haint in your taint. Anal ball. I mean, listen. <laughs> Write it down. Idea, okay, the idea of a cursed butt plug that yes. like basically turns someone into a, a demon, I guess, that searches for other people to put cursed butt plugs sure. in or whatever. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm into that. That's yep. that sounds like a fun horror comedy. <laughs> anyway, so on uh, Friday night for Screaming Chat, we watched a movie called She Wolves of the Wasteland. In Espanol. Oh, look out. <laughs> I did not check thoroughly enough the link, and it was in Spanish. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. Um, so uh, that, that's what I've been watching. Woo, damn. Just all kind of things are going on there. I got myself a kind of busy week coming up, but I hope to keep on my Halloween movie watch and get myself further in the spirit of saw when i was listening to danzig earlier today a little twist of cane oh that yeah got pretty good to me yeah Hell yeah wait awesome. excuse me yeah. wait are yeah. you gonna what what was the name of the guy the, the pumpkin master or what was fuck oh, what is that guy's name fucking jack lantern smash and all that stuff the storm jack- king dude the, yes that's right the storm king jack lantern yeah. smash mm-hmm. gotta get that one up in the rotation Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I haven't played that yet this year, but I will many times. I've also not played the monster fuck yet. <laughs> get your little monster fuck in you. That'll get you into the season. I got to get the monster <laughs> fuck on. That's the greatest song of Halloween. That's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. brainstorming on some Davy Stranger Halloween tunes like we talked about last week, too. Yes. Yeah. Trying to okay. think of a few good ones, man. So... Stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Uh, man, we'll see what I'm happens. excited. I'm excited to see what Davey comes up with. I'm dying to get him in the studio, man. It's dying his time. To. It's his season, it's time. you know? Yep, that's right. That's right, man. Well, Steve, I'll tell you what. Can I get a sale, yeah? Sale, yeah. Sale, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need one of them good old hearty sale, yeahs as we change up and move up and move out to the preview palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Where we're going to be playing a chill, yeah. Wait, sorry. Sell, yeah. Or, or a, sell, no. Sell, no. Or sell out. <laughs> you know? You, like you sold out, you sell out. I don't know. No, let's yeah. go sell, no. Sell, yeah, sell, yeah. no. It just yeah. makes sense. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what. and selling, yeah, are probably not opposites. But, no, hey, uh-uh, you know, maybe no. so. Maybe. This year movie... It's got some cells in there, but it ain't got all the cells. There's a couple no. cells didn't get talked about in that, and I want to talk mm-hmm. about them and see if we like them or we don't like them. What do you know? <laughs> okay, you know so we're that? talking. So the premises we're talking about different types of cells, and we're gonna say sell yeah if we like it, and sell no if we don't. Mm-hmm, that's right. I like that's it. right. All right. I'm what do down. you think about some PowerPoint presentation cells? What do you think about a PowerPoint what? cell? Huh? Well, okay. So these are these are the little uh, these are uh, these. The, what do these do? I don't know what PowerPoint cells do. Man, it's like when you're in a, a PowerPoint like spreadsheet kind of thing. Oh, you mean you mean Excel? 
Excel sells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excel yeah, does both- sell. <laughs> Anybody right. right now who right. works in an office is like, these idiots. <laughs> yeah. Guess who hasn't worked an office job right? ever? Probably these fucking us, morons. Us. Hi. PowerPoint. <laughs> Even as I was saying it, I was like, I think I'm saying the wrong thing. Just yeah. sound confident. <laughs> well, we're there. Excel sells. So, Excel I hate sells. Them. Yeah. I well, was just look. doing that to see if you'd notice. Uh, it's true. And I'll tell you right now, Excel sells. Sell no. Listen, hey, guy, everything's not a date. Oh, Uh, my God. Give me a fucking break already. Man, the time that I spent in college, I had a class where it was like learn how to use Excel and PowerPoint Uh and like some other shitty program that like Mm -hmm. I don't use ever. Uh Man, that's time I'll never fucking get back in my life. God damn it, dude. Like I, I know people that do the Excel thing like... Special uh-huh. musicians and shit that use it to keep track of all their tax info and all this kind of oh, shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, good for you guys. Um, meanwhile, I've been over here having fun uh, mashing sick <laughs> riffs and drinking beer and just piling up receipts all over my house instead of doing what you're doing. Squares. <laughs> nerds. Take that, dork. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that shit. I hate yeah, it so much. I agree. I absolutely agree. Excel can Excel, no. go to X Hell. X Hell. I like that. That's a that's definitely a fucking Hellraiser Sterno bot for sure. <laughs> X Hell in life. He was an accountant who used Excel a lot, and then he got a cube from a guy on the street, and then blah blah blah, etc. Blah blah blah. He sends <laughs> you to X Hell, where he puts you in a cell. Yeah, that's but about it. Then yeah. you turn into a date for some reason. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds right. All right, sure. yes, that's all right. Yeah, mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. How do we feel about them, huh? <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'm I could fan. fucking relax if I had less of them. You know, maybe if I had oh, less. Oh, you think that's the problem? You're like you're too full of mitochondrions. Like you, it's like midichlorians. In this case, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Too much yep, mitochondria, right. and boom, you you're stressed. Too busy all the time. Too fucking busy. Maybe if I had less, you know, like maybe that's okay. my excuse where people like hit me up and they want me to do something. And I'm like, sorry guys, not uh, enough mitochondria. Not enough mitochondria. <laughs> don't have it. Don't it's hey, fair. don't get mad at me. Get mad like, at the mitochondria. Yep. Okay, right? That's fair. Like nobody fair. can get mad at you because. Your 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 mitochondria are not producing the power you need. These bastards! How yeah, dare exactly, they? Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. I say sell no to them then. But I mean, Maybe honestly, we no. need them though. I so guess. I need mm. some of them. Raise your hand if you only know about mitochondria because you played Parasite Eve for PlayStation. I'm raising my hand right now. <laughs> It was a survival what? horror game that dealt with okay. mitochondria that was uh-huh. like run amok and stuff. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I totally didn't learn about that shit until I was in college because homeschool doesn't fucking work. Um, or at least it, it didn't your when I was being homeschooled. For sure, yeah. <laughs> no. But I did learn about it through Parasite Eve by yeah. Squaresoft. So well, look, that's cool. So video games taught you important life lessons that you then Tons. took on to community college. And a podcast. So, hell yeah. Here we so, are. fuck it. Listen, I feel that might like. To sell, yeah. To get sell, yeah. Yeah. Cause honestly, that's just proof that video games work. So, there you go. Better than college. Fuck. <laughs> video games. Better than college. 
in cells, Steve. What kind of uh, cell is that? What kind of fucking bullshit ass cell is an in cell? Mm, well, see, <laughs> you no. fucking losers, grow a personality, you fucking dipshits. <laughs> now, see, for the people who are involuntarily celibate, uh, you know, uh, I hope I hope you, you get get where you're going. But for the people who are just openly in cells, uh, cell cell no. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> Jesus. Holy shit. Like, why? I don't get it. I don't get it. I understand that it's hard to be a person, but like, you could try just being a person. That's that's like, the thing, you, right? It's yeah. like, okay, not everybody is born as fucking ruggedly handsome and charming Absolutely as we are. Absolutely not. No. It, the world would be boring if it was, because um, we'd all be as cool as us, and that would be a problem. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, but like for real, like, yeah, I don't know that we have any incels listening. I highly doubt it. But uh, uh, any incels out there, yeah, you, you know, think of this, Buckaroo. Like, get a personality, and maybe people will like you. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe just be cool yeah. and funny. You'll probably attract a lot more yeah. uh, uh, sexual partners than you will if you fucking yeah <laughs> right? you know, blast out ten thousand push-ups a day on the back 100%. of your gigantic fucking truck. Like honestly, get the fuck over it. You don't even have to be funny if that seems like too much of a hurdle. Just shut the fuck up. Don't <laughs> say too listener. much. Try if that. If you don't say too much and listen to people, they'll like you. How about that? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Could be that. Just try it out sometime. It's crazy enough to work. <laughs> it might just. It might just. <laughs> I mean, dude, the fucking Schnozberries guy from damn Super Troopers, like, I don't know if they're still together or not, but he was just like Christina Hendricks. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, you know why? Uh, He's yeah. probably fucking funny. He's probably, probably fun a good and fun to be around and a nice guy. Yeah, that, that'll tend to get you pretty far. Try that. Sell no. Fucking sell no. Sell no. no. Incel no. Hell in a cell. Oh, oh man. shit. So oh, we're talking about, shit. of course, the wrestling stipulation involving a large ring, a, a large cage-like structure around the ring that is, uh, I believe, 18 feet high. I'm not sure Oof. how high they say it is, but I believe it's about 18 feet high. And uh, boy, do people get thrown off of it and through it and whatnot. Um Oof. It's a real cool wrestling match, but do I want to go into it? Hmm. Sell well, no. Sell no. I mean, sell, sell no. no. But like, <laughs> do I want to watch it? Sell yeah. yeah sell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Holy it, moly. It's, it's one of those things that's like, uh, it, it literally is like, like, let's go watch a car crash. Like, it's a demolition <laughs> derby. Like, let's go watch it a is. demolition yeah. derby. <laughs> With people. With people, yep. <laughs> man, the fucking legendary, you know, Taker Mankind match. Whenever you're talking about a Hell in a Cell, that's the one you're thinking about. That is the one that will forever ago, be yeah. the fucking high mark. Um, I don't think mm. there has been a Hell in a Cell that has matched it ever, right? Um, I mean, there have been some real good ones since. Uh, certainly, Cactus Jack and Triple H put on a great one themselves, so Mick Foley again. Uh, and, oh yeah! And, and, uh, Didn't Triple H get like really fucked up in that one? I believe so. Yeah, but there's yeah. also been so, some other some other great ones. But that is, I believe, the quintessential Hell in a Cell match, and it is uh, 
It is brutal. <laughs> it's, it's it's brutal amazing. as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after you learn the whole story and learn about how unplanned all that shit was and how it did not go the way it was supposed to. Right. It just yeah. makes it so much better. Read Mick Foley's books if you haven't. Read Yeah, yeah Have a Nice Day and all that shit. It's He's so a, good. He is a good writer, too. Like, very hell like, yes. enjoyable prose. Yep. Totally agree. Cellar door. Most beautiful word or sell naw. <laughs> Drew Barrymore, you fucking scab. <laughs> Oh, man. Boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, Cellar Door. That is, uh, if if you haven't seen uh, Donnie Darko, this is not really a spoiler in any way for Donnie Darko, but there is a uh, teacher played by Drew Barrymore who says that a linguist said that the most beautiful words in the English language are Cellar Door. Um, mm, mm. And she's I in charge I, of education mm-hmm, right? sure. <laughs> I sure. think I disagree with that guy honestly cellar door what alright then name hmm. a name a prettier word go oh fuck okay now you got me okay yeah 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 uh huh I can't about, really think how about bourbon that's so fun to say you That's just a good yeah, word. Yeah, it's a good yeah, yeah. Anything bourbon. Anything bourbon. that kind of yeah, kind of sounds like you're slurring your words. That is fun. Automatically fun. Uh huh. Um, I'd probably counter with a um, kumquat. That's a fun one. Oh wait, how about uh-huh. persimmon? Persimmon. That's a really Ooh, fun one to say. Persimmon, fun word and delicious. I, if uh-huh. you haven't had a persimmon, get you a persimmon. A good yeah. Mm. I I gotta say, sell no on the cellar door. Not the most beautiful words I've ever heard. I tend to agree. Sell no. Get out of here, Drew Barrymore. You're not welcome here. Um, sell shaded graphics in a video game or animated feature. That's a sell yeah for your boy. I love that. Sure, yeah. I love cell uh-huh. shaded animation. So cool. Yeah, I agree. It's it's cool stuff. I mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> Not much to say about it other than yes, it is I like it. fun to look yep. at, and I like it. Big fan. Cell, yeah. uh-huh. cell phone? Huh? Huh. Cell phone? The How cell do you feel about it? phone. Well, we are using just, them right now. We are currently using them, and let's just think about this. My total cell phone use is about, I would say, three hours a week, and it is this. Like... I use my my phone for other functions, but the actual cellular phone function. Oh, you're talking about actual phoning. Right, yeah. The cell phone itself. I boy, I don't know. I I mean, if you could remove the phone app from the phone and never get calls, I might. That'd That's be kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what you're looking for is a like tiny laptop or iPad. I think is what you're after here. Right. Think of all the things we're missing out on. It, it seems so cool that you, oh, you don't have to have uh, an iPod and uh, 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 a Palm Pilot and all these other things. It's all in your hand. And now, well, honestly, iTunes sucks unless you've purchased... Uh, everything you could ever want to hear or you want to pay for Apple Music, it kind of sucks. Using it as like a planner or anything isn't very uh, efficient. Uh, My computer does that much better. I mean, I feel like, uh, what do we got here? 
it's a mm. it's an internet surfing machine. It's it's for going on the social medias. That's what it's for. That's what it'd be does. a lot cooler if everybody could leave me alone on the damn thing. Right, exactly. Mm. Just let me have a fucking iPod. How about that? Don't bother <laughs> I, me. Yeah. <laughs> leave me the hell alone. Leave me the cell alone. That's what you're yeah. saying. So I yeah, get it. I say you know, it's a mixed sell, bag. Sell no to cellular telephone. All right. All right, you heard it here first, guys. You heard it Mm -hmm. here first. Mm -hmm. Wow. There are so many cells out there to talk about, and we just (laughs) did all of them. We did all of them. We did every one of them, so you're welcome. Uh, Cellophane. Oh, yeah, I like that stuff. Uh Uh Wrap up Mm -hmm. a pie or a tattoo. Kate got some new tattoos last week. They're wrapped up in some cellophane right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You also got Mr. Cellophane. So that's fun. Yeah, is that uh, Chicago? What is, is that? From? Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's cool, right? He's cool. Yeah. Cool guy. All right. All right. Well, I think now we've got all of them. That's all the. Yeah. Stuff. No, that's it. Yeah. There are no others. So I mean, if you go over to the group and tell us about other cells and whether they are sell yeah or sell no, yeah, uh, I don't even know what you're talking about because you must have made these cells up because we just covered them all. Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. We don't know what you're talking about. But this movie that we're talking about today claims to be the cell, not an cell. The only one. Not a cell. No. Nope. It claims to be the one. Tarsem sings the cell. <laughs> this is the first movie of his that I seen, because I think it's the first movie of his we about all seen, but it ain't the first thing that we ever seen of his, because we've seen some music videos and That's commercials right. he done our whole dang old lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, you know, there's there's a whole big list of them. I, I think the Losing My Religion video was the one that popped out the most to me as, like, one that, that definitely... Uh, I remember a lot from childhood. Uh, oh yeah, it came on the MTV's a whole bunch, and it, it really was like a very interesting visual thing. I I can't remember another video before that that had kind of like fully captured me visually like that because they man, had done it, some cool. It made stuff me feel weird. Them. It made like, me I feel weird. Watching yeah. that video and being like, man, this makes me feel very strange. It had some like religious imagery in it and some gross stuff and. Yeah, that was an odd one for sure. Yeah, but uh, also a, a commercial director. Tons and tons of commercials, and this is rare. You don't see this a lot. Go to Tar- Tarsem Singh's uh, uh, Wikipedia, and he has a whole list of commercials he's directed. And I love this, because a ton of big-time directors, and a lot, a lot of the more artsy directors who want to you know, be able to do the, the, the money, the money making work in the shadows and then put their name on the stuff they actually care about work in commercials. But he's, he's got the commercials all listed right there. Like just, uh, go, go check out some commercials he's made and see what you think. But Mm -hmm. he, he's coming in from this world and I watched the behind the scenes, like making up sort of thing. And, and it's so interesting because like, Rewatching this, I had kind of like, I had kind of reassessed some things, and we'll talk about it. That like, this is a very beautiful movie. The I don't know that the story is great, um, but we'll get into that. But I, in the making of, he talks about how he the the this like this they found this script. He really was just like thinking like, oh, uh, psychological thrillers are popular right now. 
this script is good. We'll go with that. Because he wanted to make, he wanted to do the visual stuff. He wanted oh, to yeah. do and the dreamscape stuff. And if you're talking about a movie where like, you're getting to go inside the mind of a right. you know tortured, fucked up serial killer, that is just a playground for crazy ass right. visuals. So this is kind of a perfect movie for him to direct. 100%. So like going in, it's obviously going to be very focused on the visual and i think that like you know when i saw this back in the day i you know loved it mind blown just like oh it's so gorgeous etc say when did you see this the first time i think it would have been yeah probably let's see it came out uh in august of 2000 so i i I saw it when it came out on video so whenever that was uh, yeah, me too. And, it was one of those days we like got together with a bunch of people at Kate's parents' house. Right. And we were just dang kinder kids. And, Little ones, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we wanted to watch a scary movie, so we found this at the store. And, dude, I remember Great. it yeah. disturbed me so fucking bad. It's disturbing, like, I, yeah. Oh, man. Like, I think I was still even, you know, pretty religious at this point whenever I watched this and hadn't really seen a lot of, you know, fucked up movies or anything. Like, at that point, I was still probably like, you know, turning off Marilyn Manson videos halfway through because they made me feel bad. So watching this movie <laughs> was a fucking roller coaster for me. Yeah, I do remember back in the day because I, you know, uh, I did grow up watching a lot of horror movies and I had seen like Seven and and uh, Silence of the Lambs, which I'd say this movie fits right in line with those as far as like uh, the psychological thriller element. Um, and so it... That the, those points, the like, uh, the actual murder bits to me were were definitely interesting. But it was like, oh, I've seen this, but the 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 dream or like inside his mind stuff was it felt new because it yeah. I mean, watching it, it looks like watching a lot of really well done music videos. Like, yes. <laughs> It's it's inspired by those, like you say, Marilyn Manson. Like he was inspired by Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson videos that had come out before this time, as well as like some other videos and uh, other artists that were working in. Th- I mean, honestly, we'll get into his Big inspirations. Art yeah, he he's very much inspired by the art scene and stuff around the time, and it's gorgeous. And and he's got like people backing him up that are able to like execute these real big visions uh you know you got uh, the costume designer is the same costume designer as uh, uh bram stoker's dracula hey you so, can't tell though you can't oh, tell you can, you can absolutely tell yeah <laughs> <laughs> you got the blood wolf armor on there but there's the a lot Twizzler of suit. other stuff mm-hmm. there's yep. a lot of other stuff that's like huge and big you know the big like uh curtain cape attached to his pier- back piercings and that one so cool. throne ring. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Beautiful. Amazing yeah. work on the costuming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, surround- he's, he's, he's got, you know, this great vision and just uh, listening to people on the making of talk about working with him, it's, it was crazy because they were all saying the same thing that they would, you know, uh, you know, they, they were used to you come up with this really grandiose idea and then you come to the production with it and tell them what you want to do. And then you kind of work your way to a middle ground where you're going to be happy. Uh, but with work with him, they would come with like their big grandiose idea and he'd be like, that's great. Can you make it even bigger? So like yeah. they yeah, would get, dude. you know, to really play in the stuff that they enjoy doing and that's why that's why 
it, it translates obviously in the the visuals and in the the costumes and in the makeup and stuff. Oh yeah, and I think that's also a mark of somebody that's been in the business for a while. We see this with with horror directors very often too, where they'll they'll make you know gore sequences and stuff way more over the top than they need to be, right? Because it's so much easier to tame it back than to come in yes. not hot and then be like, "Could I do it again, but harder?" No, they're not going right. to do that. Just no. go hard as fuck and then uh-huh. trim it down to whatever the studio says you should do. Yeah. And then, uh, in the case of this, later just sneak it back in because that scene. If you if you watched it on a any sort of modern streamer media, there's the scene where he's suspended over a corpse, jerking off. Yeah. That scene was not in the original theatrical release or the original like uh, really? uh, video and DVD releases. Yeah. Huh. I yeah. mean, that is you know pretty fucked up so i it's get very it they just up. snuck yeah, it back it. in huh just snuck it back in without any announcement like they're just wow, like here it is here's back in there it had been a long time since i saw this like i remember watching it back in the day like i said but i had not seen this in years so whenever this got drawn out of the uh the old smoking bowl i was definitely excited to cover it i just wanted to watch this again yeah no i think we talked about it recently because uh we we had watched the fall and uh, so I was, good. yeah, oh. I was real interested in going back to this. So I, I am glad that this came out of the bowl. Uh, th- thank you again, Frank Soto, for submitting it. Hell because yeah. uh, rewatching this has like <laughs> it changed my perception of this movie in several ways. Like hmm. I now like I I see it. I think for what it is, which is that. Uh, Tarsim Singh wanted to make a movie where he could show off visually. And this is a psychological thriller, so he figured it would make money because they were popular. The, you know, 90s into the early 2000s is just the era of the psychological thriller. Just oh, tons yeah. of them. Um, and so he, he, he made a wise choice in choosing this um, this screenplay by uh, shit. What's his name? Mark Protasevich. Uh, this screenplay by Mark Protasevich that is, I mean, his original screenplay is more of the psychological thriller. Like that's mm-hmm. more of the focus, and I think this loses a lot of that because you want he wants to get quickly to the visual feast. Um. So the psychological thriller that we get in the final result kind of isn't much of a thriller. Like the the actual story of this movie if you look at it is um there's there's the primary story going with uh our our main uh Catherine what's her name Catherine Dean, Dean? that's her, Dr. Yeah. Catherine Dean played by uh, Jennifer Lopez who is working with the this kid who is in a coma because of a made-up uh, thing that they they have in this movie. What's it called? Viral the schizophrenia. <laughs> yeah, Wayland's infraction. They call it. Yeah, and uh, so he he saw a seal get clubbed to death off the coast of South America, and the sound of the water and that trauma triggered this Wayland's infraction, and now he's in a coma, and she's trying to uh, communicate with him. Hoping to maybe bring him out of it, I guess. 
all that doesn't matter even though it's the first 15 minutes of the movie it doesn't matter at all because that's that story that's the whole story there that's all that that is and then they need to introduce us to the tech right show us how (laughs) this works in a scenario without a you know psycho killer involved but they don't really give us any resolution on that fully like we do get a scene at the end that is fully tacked on because it was recorded to be an earlier scene and they cut it because they felt like they didn't need it uh and then they just tacked on that scene at the end where it seems like maybe she merged their their you know worlds whatever whatever Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be their brain spheres uh because we've got him you know his desert and her like cherry blossoms uh, and that was just like a last minute, like, oh, we need some resolution in that opening story. Uh, so they just CGI'd that onto a, a scene that had happened earlier and made it seem more like it is resolving something, but it doesn't really. Uh, and then the cops' entire story is they're looking for a serial killer. They have all the evidence they need to find the serial killer. They don't need to go into anybody's mind and they find the serial killer without (laughs) any evidence coming from going in the man's mind. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the thing about this movie that kind of blew my mind. Like I watched it again the other night and I was like, man, that is really cool. It's super dark. It's super fucked up. Very awesome visuals and some other cool stuff that we'll talk about. But I got to thinking about it and I was like, wait, did they actually need any of that stuff where they put people's lives in danger by going inside of no. Carl, the serial killer's mind? Like, did they nope. actually glean any information from that that helped them find this missing woman that is like in this tank filling up with water? It's nope. like a, a ticking time bomb <laughs> kind of scenario. And it's like, oh, no, actually, they didn't need any of that. They just no. did regular ass detective work and put the pieces together. And that's how they got there. <laughs> like, yeah. Because here's the thing. Like, they, they find they find Carl, uh, Vincent D'Onfrio, by <laughs> yeah, Vincent <D'Onfrio. laughs> this albino dog hair that was on the body that they right. find. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there's only so many of those. Easy to track him down. They get him. Cool. Where is the victim? Like, I, I think that this is a cool situation cool in this idea. movie yeah uh-huh. uh, and it you know again it's like yes it's a cool idea Sons of the lambs did it and it worked great right uh-huh. where <laughs> you you have a victim somewhere and you're trying to figure out where they are but you know that somebody's missing and has you know been abducted by this uh by this psycho um so you have this ticking time bomb scenario where they're trying to find the woman and yeah they end up finding it because of that that symbol that's on a lot of the equipment that dude uses for his like uh like harnesses and all that kind of shit that he has in his workshop there it's like the symbol of the company and they're like oh that symbol belongs to this company and uh this guy carl took over their facilities after they shut down probably him they didn't get that from the fucking dreams they got that from the fucking crime scenes and shit that symbol inside his head and then that's to him triggers like oh i should investigate that why didn't but he's he been looking at crime before? scene photos like he half an hour the, earlier in the movie yeah he's looking and at photos all of the guys all of the guys like kill people and jerk off equipment has this same symbol and company name on it you didn't think yeah. maybe let's look into that maybe let's start there right yeah yeah, no, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but, uh, I mean, that's the story we get. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, it is just the plain old 
detective grunt work that saves the day. Like, I don't know. Right. Is this movie ultimately kind of Scientology e? Where it's just like, <laughs> man, fuck psychology. <laughs> nah, I think um, I think that like you know, I, I read in the IMDb that the screenwriter had like kind of divorced himself from the work and then i couldn't find any evidence of that i did find in interviews though him saying that he was on set doing rewrites every day and that the final product that he thinks is beautiful and well done is not the original script he wrote so i found Hmm. the original script he wrote and i started looking through it and yeah there's more of the psychological thriller element that a lot of okay. that is paired back to get to the visual feast. And honestly, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because at, at best, the psychological thriller would have been them, you know, seeing this symbol in his dream and like maybe connecting it with an obscure piece of evidence that we only saw once rather than a bunch of times. Uh, that's the thing right like honestly to make the the going into his mind stuff more impactful all you really had to do was nuke the parts in the movie where Vince Vaughn is looking at the very clear crystal clear crime scene photos of that symbol and the company name on it like just cut those out and oh he saw it in the dream yeah just show it like that's it one time like sitting on the desk with a bunch of evidence so that if somebody goes back and looks they go oh shit it's right there like yeah. that'd oh, be cool. Like, I saw that on the table at the crime scene. Let's cross-reference right. it. Like, right. But at the end of the day, they'd already shown us. Like, yeah, he's been studying that thing. Like, he was kind right. of already on to it. He just keeps looking at it and never goes like, <laughs> "We should look into this." Yeah, Why? he goes into dude's head completely untrained. Like, that's one thing about this too. Is like they made yeah. this big point to show us like. <laughs> fucking jenny from the block is the only person in the whole world that can do this we had a bunch yes. of people come in but she was so fucking good at it that she's the only person that can do this then vince vaughn is like ah give me that fucking twizzler suit put me in coach and he comes out and he's like man that was fucked up i got my guts ripped out anyway let's look up this symbol thing <laughs> that was <laughs> like, it yeah that's it like that's all yeah and, I mean, you made a good comparison uh, uh, to Suspiria. Honestly, it's like Giallo in that sense that it's like, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't care. Like I, I don't, don't feel like that's the, the yeah. point, right? That's not like, the point, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's supposed to be this visual feast. It's and not it is. about the psychological thriller element. It is about shooting these really gorgeous scenes and letting these great actors do their thing on you know these these really like intense moments like that that that's yeah. all cool i like that a lot i don't I'm, I'm like at odds about it where like i i adore suspiria like i fucking right. love mm-hmm. that movie so much it's a 10 and that movie doesn't even really try to have a story like the story no. is gr- girl goes to place <laughs> our witches our witches. witches done <laughs> yeah like that's it that's honestly all there is to it like this movie tries a little harder to have a story than something like Suspiria. Like, I sure. feel like there is some somewhat of a backbone of being like, okay, but we do have to tell this story about, you know, how they're trying to find this woman that's missing and find her location, and it's a race against time, blah, blah, blah. It's trying more than Suspiria did. So I feel like it, it thinks it has more of a story than it does. Well, I think it, it does have more of a story than the eventual movie does. Like, the original screenplay does 
oh. have that. And it's just that, yeah, like so much of that got thrown by the wayside because they wanted to get to the visual stuff and they really wanted to focus on that. And that's fine. I think that like, uh, you know, when you look at what it could have been, it's at the end of the day, it's just a, another psychological thriller, which is fine. But so many like of those nineties and uh, early two thousand psychological thrillers, like they, they didn't have had staying power. A lot of times when you look back on them, it's like, yeah, so what <laughs> like you know we did that with what lies beneath right like you had yeah. remembered it being good when we go back to it it's like totally oh this is this sucks <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah i think with this one because it focuses then so much more on the surreal and artistic and the 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 gorgeous like lighting and color and all that stuff because of that it has staying power it's more than just a, a thriller. It is, yeah. It is this like visual feast throughout. It's so enjoyable to see what this Dude. next little bit's gonna look like. Totally, and that is so rare and so unheard of for a movie that came out in the year two thousand. Like, think yes. about movies that came out <laughs> around that time that you're saying right. have staying power on just a purely visual basis. Right? Dude, no. Everything no. else that was coming out around this time, other than, you know, I'm sure like obscure art house kind of stuff, um, was CGI, rubbery bullshit, yeah. PS1 mm-hmm. cut scene looking fucking bullshit, man. Like we've done yeah. so many movies on the show, you know, from that era that are just forever dated, forever ruined. Right. By shit ass CG that was not as good, and this um, as they thought it was back then. Yeah, this has a ton of CG in it too, and that's the it thing. Does. Is it integrate CG? That it's uh, you know it is it is a bunch of people. A lot of like the visual effects people had worked with uh, Tarsem on uh, commercials, and so they had you know. Got, they had done a lot of stuff for pay. I, I in the making of someone mentions like you know they had all kind of met on a you know a job that wasn't the greatest, but they got to to enjoy each other's company and worked a lot more together. And so he knew the talents these people had, even though they're like in this you know uh, working commercials avenue that tends to seem less artistic. Uh, he you know you take people that maybe have gotten stuck in this commercial Avenue and allow them this artistic freedom. And you get this CGI that seriously, like, even if it looks like, even if you look at it and go, that's computer animation, the reason it's being used and what it's being used for, like the transition into the dream world or whatever, it works. Like you don't even care that it looks like CGI. It it works for that effect. You know, and that's something that I had in my notes that I was able to kind of mentally go back and justify is, you know, the first real obvious special effects shot that we get in the movie. It's like within the first fucking five minutes. Right. And it's not it's not good. It's whenever she's in, yeah, the kid, Edward, Mr. Right. E. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mr. E. <laughs> in his head. And like he, you know, he flips out on her and he turns around and he's kind of got that. I don't know. It's, it's almost like Black Hole Sun. Like He's face stretchy, yeah. The black hole's on warping, yeah. <laughs> and it sucks because like that's your introduction to the effects in this movie, and it is 
by far the worst effect in the it entire is. movie. And it's the first it thing is. you see. But, but then mm-hmm. I was able to step back and be like, she's in this kid's head. Like, what we're seeing isn't real. So right. it's kind of okay that it's not real. But then the thing is, is like, the other stuff in the movie does look so good and so real that it stands out. Yeah. No, I would agree. Yeah, that Like... I think we're able to give it a lot of leeway because it it shifts like um like tone and genre often artistically. Yeah. Like sometimes it's this really grimy uh you know sometimes even you know uh, fenchery fenchery yeah sometimes you got uh Giger sometimes you got uh you know 9 inch nails videos and sometimes you got uh these gorgeous like uh, you know, uh, sort Very of Dolly reli- landscapes. Yeah, yeah, yes. And, Tons of and Dolly influence. I love that. Yeah, and then also you've got like the 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 fucking uh, iconization moment too, where it's like very this like very ornate like border around the screen and stuff like that's all cool. that's so fucking cool. And he's able yeah. to move around in that so effortlessly and you don't even feel like a a huge shift between tones even though the you know you can go from i I think there's a moment where you uh when vince vaughn goes in you go from that like exterior field with the three women that i think are supposed to be uh the uh, The mom carl's mom Mm -hmm. uh you go from that to him walking into that very ornate room where she's on that like bed with that like big gold mask and her hair is huge and stuff like Mm -hmm. you just transition from those scenes so quickly and but it works it flows he's always able to transition so perfect all over the place and they're all good like that's the thing like it's not like well he does this real stuff well but then the the more giggery stuff doesn't look good no it all looks looks really good yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it looks great i i think like he you know he's really showing off in a lot of ways in this, and uh, good. I like. I'm glad he did. Like he he took what could have been just, you know, an okay psychological thriller, to uh, something that is memorable and lasts time and it lasts for time. And like when I went looking up stuff about this, I saw several kind of recent articles of people sort of rediscovering this film, yeah. uh, twenty something years later, and that's great. Like. Cause it, it it's there. I mean, it, it's it's got something to it, you know. Uh, you know, you look back at things like uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs or Adventure Seven or whatever. I, I feel like this is right in line with those. Just doesn't have the level of writing is no. the issue. Yeah, Mm-mm. but I don't think it was intending to. You know, no. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he cared. I think. Uh, Mark uh, Protasevich, who wrote it, would probably care a lot more. I definitely want to talk about uh, the influences in this, but I, I, I think some of them are pretty obvious. Uh, the the like, Sons of the Lambs influence is definitely yeah, right there. I mean, it's right. like you, you've got you've got a killer who imprisons women and has a white dog. Right, <laughs> it's like yeah. okay. There's Sounds a similar. lot yeah. of similarities going well, on. Well, there's right also here. the scene when they discover that his 
uh, his uh, place is out in Bakersfield. I'm pretty sure those are the same fucking fields and the same, almost same helicopter shots as the last bit of seven. Like, oh, yeah, it sure feels yeah. like it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, we've also got a lot of Lynch influence in there. Twin Peaks. Uh, For sure, you know, man. The uh, Blue Velvet, the scene where the uh, Carl, young Carl pushes her into the closet and she observes like all that abuse. That's very, very Blue Velvety. Um, there's also Cronenberg influence, I feel like. Um yeah, and uh, Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson videos from the time were named. I feel like Psycho Four is an influence. Alice in Wonderland. Uh, mm, yeah, there's a lot of fairy tale stuff in this. Yeah. that's like alluded to, not necessarily like directly important to the story or narrative. Right. I don't feel like, but no, it's, it's just visual stuff. I feel that. like, yeah, it's just like look, look at this cool thing. It's kind of like that, like. There's, well, you know, like, the, like whenever she's like waking up after that first session with Mr. E and they're like, sing a song of sixpence. Right. I, I thought she was going to start singing Kiss Me or something, but it's like, no, no, no. It was old nursery rhyme, you know? <laughs> they never really went back to that. <laughs> Kiss me. Imagine if that would have been the moment. It's like, yep, that's a sixpence song. That She's got it. Is that? <laughs> Is yeah. That, is that sixpence? Okay, cool. Um, sixpence is also richer, dude. Yeah, I think uh, uh, as well, like the King Carl with the the little teeth, that's definitely a Peter Pan reference. I'm so glad you fucking Uh noticed his little baby chompers, his little tiny chiclet teeth in this, Mm -hmm. because they are so, it's so weird, and once you notice it, you're like, oh, God. (laughs) It's off-putting, yeah. Why does he have baby teeth? That's such a subtle, weird thing that, like, it's not even really put on full, you know, uh, front and center display it's not like in yeah. his dream his teeth were tiny what the fuck was up with that she says waking up after <laughs> the session like it doesn't really draw attention to it but once you notice it you're just like god that's fucked yeah. up like he has he's this grown king man with baby teeth like that's, yeah, that's psychologically really weird yeah that's that's peter pan uh like they never represent peter pan this way at all but in the book he is like uh, you know uh, of of size to be a teenager, but he has baby teeth. Ew, really? That's frightening. Yeah, it's creepy. It's creepy as shit. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, those things are all like kind of on the surface influence as well as like a lot of art from the time. Uh, fucking uh, Damien Her- Damien Hurst. Uh, oh the, yeah. Uh, several other people. You know, we talked about uh, fucking Giger and stuff. Like several other artists that obviously influenced uh tarsim singh's work overall but like there's something interesting i found because i was watching the whole time and going this is basically dream warriors and in an interview (laughs) mark protasevich said that that he envisioned the dream scenes like dream warriors that's why he can you imagine holy fuck man give me a goddamn freddy movie with mm-hmm. just the dream sequences directed by Tarsim. Like, just oh, that. That's yes. all I want. Dude, that's amazing. I would love Fuck. that. Yeah. That's a That'd great idea. Yeah. You know? um, I Yeah, so I, I was seeing that, but then I saw something interesting. Actually, Anna pointed it out to me, because on the IMDb, someone says that this is a remake. So huh? I start what? doing some... Yeah, well... It's not. Let me go ahead and lay that fear. It's not a remake. 
But it, it sent me down a rabbit hole that's interesting. They said it was a remake of an episode of a show called Sleepwalkers that Never came on NBC in 1997. Now, I... I did not remember this show it's got naomi watts in it and i was like 97 i was 16 i was watching tv nbc i would have been watching this this sounds like right up my alley so i started looking into it and i found i found the show on youtube so i watched the first episode and huh i said as i was watching it that that's interesting this is a whole lot like the premise of the cell and then really? I watched the fifth episode. And so the, the whole premise is it's this, uh, these, these, these people who uh, are scientists and, and psychotherapists who enter dreams to try to solve people's uh, psychological problems. And okay. the fifth yeah. episode, they are asked to go into the brain of a serial killer who uh, kidnaps women and puts them into a, a thing to suffocate them. And oh. he's been shot in the head, so they can't just ask him where his last victim is. Nuh-uh. So they go what? into his brain to find the victim. That's that's this movie, though. That's this movie, though. Now, let's talk about huh? this, because this is wild to me. I am not claiming that Mark Protasevich stole this. This is wild to me because the show, the first two episodes came out. Uh, uh, nationwide then they didn't show the next five episodes until the next year and they only showed them on the west coast so the Hmm. episode i'm talking about counting sheep came out march 8th of 1998 this movie went into production in april of 1999 i do not believe it is possible that a person saw a episode of a show on March 8th, 1998, wrote a script, sold that script, got it turned around and into production within a year. I mean, that does seem kind of unlikely. It seems unlikely. But dude, what? like what are the odds that <sighs> right. multiple so, people were thinking, you know, it'd be cool going in a serial killer's head when he can't yeah, be questioned right. in the physical world. So I, I just wonder if this is one of those things where it's like, uh, this guy, the writer, Mark Protasevich, was like telling somebody about this screenplay he was writing and they were like, fuck, I need an idea for this show I'm working on that's getting shit canned. Uh, I don't know, I'll just steal his idea. And then he, wow. he never saw it and no one ever saw it to even say like, hey, what? Or did, did was it possible that he saw that and turned it around that quick? <laughs> like, it's so similar that it's like you can you can go on YouTube and look up Sleepwalkers and someone has uploaded those two episodes back to back. Just watch it. It's it's about an hour and a half. It it will surprise you how many similarities there are to this film. Wow, man, that is yeah. that is fucking wild. I did not know about that. Yeah. So yeah, huh. I, I don't know that. Uh, I, I don't know what happened there. Well, let me ask you this. On that episode of that show, did it feature the kingpin wearing the same wig that Fester wore in the second Adams Family movie? I don't think it did. Mm. Now, you know, you know what? I don't think it does. Yeah, good point. All right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have him wearing that fucking doll hair wig, did it? 
Mm. No, no, it didn't. It, he looks so weird in it. It's it's like I I always think uh, of Vincent D'Onofrio as uh, bald. Yeah, like totally. I know <laughs> I know he ha- he can grow hair, but when I think of him, I think of him as Pile in uh, Full Metal Jacket, and I think of him as uh, you know Kingpin. I think of him as any number of roles where he doesn't have hair. So to see him with this like like weird uh it's like that wig they put on dexter to make him look like a teenager yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) man i'll tell you it's also just like vincent d'onfrio is one of those guys that has just always looked like a grown-ass man like i don't think he's ever Uh looked young ever no no he's just always looked like a grown adult man yeah he is he's he's a big dude in this like he is big yeah he is Uh fucking ripped in this dude Uh man i just i don't know why they couldn't have found somebody pretty to be the lead why'd they get j-lo couldn't they (laughs) found somebody pretty huh (laughs) yeah yeah i get it i hear you no yeah so obviously you got uh uh, the gorgeous j-lo like she she fucking really pulls off that look at the end when she's like uh i guess mary she's supposed to be mary mm-hmm. or something yeah she really mm-hmm. is pulling that off because she just has a very pretty face so that you know oh, yeah, habit surrounding the face she's just a gorgeous lady uh i feel like at times because i know she can be good i feel like at times she's not great in this but she's perfect yeah. for the role like she she conveys that like uh like uh interest and like full like uh i don't know i guess like understanding vibe towards children like she's she's yeah, really yeah. pulling you can that tell off she wants to help you know right and like yeah even when she's in in his head and seeing him getting abused and stuff as a kid like it seems yeah. like it's affecting her a lot like she right she has that that nurturing kind of vibe for sure yeah i i feel like some of her line deliveries aren't great but i wonder if like I wonder if that's just one of those things because, like, I did see in the making of that, like, when talking about like Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Tarsim says like that you just put the camera on him and watch him go. Like, I wonder if that's kind of his directorial thing, and like he just kind of went with whatever the first take was because it, d- it didn't feel like it mattered that much to him. But I, I feel like sometimes there's some weak line readings, and I, I know that she is better than that. I mean, she's already done Out of Sight and Selena and stuff before this. So, like, uh, but she she is perfect for the role, I feel like. She does do a great job. Uh, I think she does I re- fine. I saw a lot of yeah. people complaining about, about her acting and just in general some of the acting of this movie, and I'm like, I think it's, I think yeah, it's fine. I'm- like you said, there are, there's a few moments where I think – Another take or two probably would have served him better. Yeah. Uh, I definitely have no complaints about Vincent's acting in this. No, Donfrio no. is fucking unhinged. He's an amazing actor, dude. Yeah, Man, Vincent Donfrio is so good. Dude, yeah, Kingpin and Daredevil. Like, He's I don't give a shit if yeah. you don't even like you know the MCU stuff or whatever. Watch Daredevil just to fucking see him as Kingpin. It is yeah, a he's, insane. He's putting villain. on a clinic. Yeah, <laughs> that guy is showing like. You can take you can take literally any role and make it fucking amazing, and he, he oh does. yeah yeah Vince Vaughn. You know, at, at this point, at this point in our lives, Vince Vaughn is like the guy you think of when you think of Wedding Crashers and shit like right. that. He he had done Psycho the year uh, or two years before this. That was his first foray into serious sort yeah. of roles. He did and like Slackers is, right before that. 
Uh, he had been in a few things. Uh, uh, Swingers, you're thinking of. Swingers, yeah, 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 yeah. Swingers. John Favreau, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he'd been, he'd been some comedy stuff up before that. But yeah, this is his second major, like, serious role. And I think he, he does a good job. Like, the thing is that, like, he he gives off cop vibes. So, like, he mm. kind of works great as a cop character. Yeah, he does fine. I think his character yeah. is a bit a bit stereotypical, where it's like he's this oh, obsessed yeah, sure. cop who will do anything that it takes to get the job done, including, okay, sleeping at the police station. Right. And then I think the most disturbing thing in the movie, I don't know if you noticed this, there's that scene where the other detective like uh, like opens up that door and uh, he's in there like you know brushing his teeth and shit, right? Uh huh. Because he slept there the night before. Right. He uh, he brushes his teeth, rinses his mouth out, and he puts that electric toothbrush right back in his pocket. Right in his pocket, an electric toothbrush. The ho- he puts <sighs> it in his pocket, Steve. I didn't notice that. That's it's weird. disgusting. That's revolting. Yeah. Huh. Also, Why? then you're just walking around all day, like in like you know, yeah, suit, suit pants, which are pretty much like pajama pant material. They're very loose sure. and flowy, especially at this era. Uh-huh. Like it's got to look like you're just walking around with a big buzzing dildo in your pocket, right? Well, maybe that's the vibe he's trying to put out there. Maybe that's his vibe. Yeah, yeah. he's like, okay. hey, ladies, I got a big buzzing dildo in my pocket. Like toothbrush that in down? the pocket, dude. Watch it again. You'll see it and be <laughs> like, ooh, so disgusting. Weird. I had to it rewind is- it. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Did he just put that fucking toothbrush in his pocket? He doesn't even, like, wrap it in a paper towel or nothing. Like, no. whatever's in his pocket, all that cash, <laughs> coins, whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Now, you, yeah, you mentioned, I forget about coins because I, I never carry cash. You got a pocket full of did, coins though. and now your toothbrush is fucking, oh. Ugh. That's ugh. so gross. That's a crime against yourself, big guy. Mm-hmm. Crime against Don't yourself. do that. Don't do that. I think that. I think Vince Vaughn does pretty good. I, I think his character is kind of stereotypical for this kind well, of movie. Okay, hold on. What you're missing, I think, is that he used to be a lawyer. Oh, okay. He used to Touché. be a lawyer, and he quit that to join the FBI. And another element you're missing that they don't follow up on is he implies that he was abused as a kid. He does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's never fully followed up on, which is wild, considering they had very much the chance. Like, they send him into this little dream world, but, like, they had very much the chance for us to go in his head, for her to find out, oh, he was abused, too. You know? Yeah, that's true. Or for him to, like, level with the killer and be like, I had a fucked up life, too, buddy. It's your choice, you know? Right. But none of that. No, he just goes in and he's like, oh, there's that symbol I've seen a bunch of times before. That's probably it. Bye. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah, Yeah, the character, there's not much to him. Like, and Mm -hmm. nothing gets fully followed up on. I think Vince Vaughn's fine, though, because, again, he pulls off cop vibes. So, since it's a cop character, he's doing it. Um, yeah, he does, I, man. He does. I think like, that you got other people in this that like are being asked to do some much more like heavy footwork, like the dad character Gareth Williams plays him, or like the the one detective that looks like Panama Jack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, are you you're ta- Oh, do you want <laughs> let us 
talk about it because I love me a James Gammon. That guy is the coach from Major League. And so, oh, yeah, the, shit. Yeah, the entire time. And I know this is so niche, there's no reason to make it. But I really just thought it would be funny if at a certain point he was like, get me Vaughn. And then they bring in fucking Wild Thing. And Wild Thing starts playing. And Charlie Sheen comes in and fucking throws Look out. some fi- fucking heaters, you know? That'd be I great. thought maybe he was just fucking undercover Leon Redbone the whole time because he's got a pretty similar look to him too. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Like maybe yeah, at no, some point he was gonna guy. be like, "This crime scene is fucked up." Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then also you got the other two doctors. Uh, you know, as we said, the guy from Trick or Treat, and then also yeah. uh, uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste, who plays Doctor Kent, who is the other person that knows how to do this but for some reason we don't doesn't get to f- do it yeah doesn't do it at all nope what were <laughs> nope. you saying about the dad do you think he was doing some heavy lifting in this oh yeah absolutely the dad care the you know he's he's got to do all these fucking abuse scenes and that's just hard oh, i mean carl's like, dad yeah yeah, yeah yeah carl's dad yeah 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 because like you know he's he is he's being a full-on like horrendous bad individual dad. Just and pulling it off too, like the the way Boy, he, it, it feels Rob Zombie esque. Yeah, would say. it feels like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer ish. Yeah, where it yeah. is just mm-hmm. super dark, super depraved. That's also like that's kind of a weird turn that this movie takes, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, like Pan's Labyrinth in a way, where you have all these like okay. weird, mm-hmm. you know, fantastical fantasy yeah. elements that are crazy and bizarre and strange, but then the real world stuff is the most disturbing shit happening. Right, yeah. That's kind of how this goes, where those scenes, yeah. you know, where, where uh, J-Lo is in his head, and it's those flashbacks of, yeah, the dad being super abusive and extremely fucked up, yeah, like those are the most fucked up parts of the movie for, for sure. sure. I mean, other than of course <laughs> the women uh, uh, slowly drowning to death and the guy not jerking not off great. onto a corpse, probably not good. You he, know what? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what? This is what I gotta say. The cell ought to send him to the jail. Mm, He's crazy. Yeah, put him in the jail cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, His idea of a good wild. time is something strange. You know what I mean? It is. It is. If he's like, you guys want to hang out tonight? I don't. I do Man, not. Listen, I'll tell you. <laughs> you ever like read stuff about, you know, like sexually driven serial killers or you watch stuff like this? Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I see stuff like this and I'm like, man, I sure am glad that it's really easy to get me off. I don't have nothing real crazy Dude, I need. I don't need anything seriously. too weird. Could you imagine Can being you, this guy no, and you're like, no. oh man, I'm kind of horny. I got to go fucking track a woman down, abduct her, slowly put her in the water her, tank, slowly bleach drown her, body. her oh yeah, my bleach God. the body. I got to fucking hook Ugh. myself up to the suspensions. Like, dude, I've lost interest and I'm halfway through the process I right now. fucking tickle the balls. I mean, come on. Like, like, what is going on, guy? Maybe try something a little simpler. Seriously. Like, I, I, I'm so grateful that I, I have it easy where it's just like, I don't know, gyrate on the thing. Okay, there, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you good. Know? Yay, this is doing it. <laughs> Could I see a titty? Even better. Great. Even easy. Better. <laughs> easy. Could you imagine your kink is that oddly specific? No. God, no. it's got to be a, a, just a fucking burden every time you get a boner. 
serious. And that's the thing. Actually, it shows that. It shows him like he he seems like when he he shows up at that first uh you know the first time we see him and and the we see the victim is like floating in in the cell there and then she moves he runs away but i didn't notice until watching it again he's grabbing his dick like he yeah, came he, he in with him down yeah, he came in with an erection, but she's alive, so he's like pushing it down. Like, yeah, he's to, ashamed. Like, he's ashamed. Yeah, yeah, which is a good touch. I mean, it's like he can't possibly be aroused in front of a living person. Like, he has to turn him into these, yeah, bleached doll uh-huh. objects in order for him to even get off or anything because he has such shame wrapped up in his yeah. you know, sexual psyche, which of course is very in line with a lot of real life serial killers and shit. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think they did a good job in because, like, you know, I was I was a little uh, skeptical of why in the hell they invented this Wayland's infraction to explain right. anything because yeah. it's like I don't really get what this is doing. Viral but, schizophrenia, like yeah. that's not a fucking thing, right? But it, but it it is interesting because what it does is it. It takes the heat off of schizophrenics. It's not saying yeah. like all schizophrenics are going to end up being serial monsters. Killers. Yeah, right. It's saying like this person experienced this ex- extreme childhood abuse that led to this traumatic event that triggered this. And Which I, it's I like not that real level of consideration. You know, yeah, yeah. Especially being taken like in this time period, you got to think like well, the late nineties sure. into the two thousands where. I mean, people drop the hard R like right. all the time, yeah. like nobody's business, and definitely were not very sympathetic or caring right. towards mental care, mental health issues, and stuff. I do like that this movie took that extra step to make up something new. That yes. way, you wouldn't hear, "Oh man, my fucking aunt has yeah, my aunt is schizophrenic or whatever," and you're like, "Shit, yeah. she's one of them psycho killers," like I seen it in the right. movies. I like it, that. it. It does do a good job of trying to show us that. His mother had this too, and it kind of like, or at least this is what I'm reading. Like when when Vince Vaughn comes in and he's in that field, and we see the the three women who all look the same. Uh, it, you know, the first woman seems to see him as the you know Carl as an angel. The second woman is entirely ambivalent to him, and the third woman sees him as Satan, like monster. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, this is Carl's experience with his mother that he never knows wh- who she's gonna be toward him, and so it kind of as we as it says in like the the scene where the guy uh, is explaining what Wayland's infraction is, he says that it's it's a viral uh, infection that's passed through the placenta. So he got it from his mother. So. We have to assume because we mostly got it from just see his, his mama. Dad. He got Where'd it he get from that his schizophrenia mama? from. Uh-huh. He got it from his mama. <laughs> it's like the song that, says. That's what it says. We have to assume though that he, she is dead by the time we see young Carl, who I would say is what ten, probably. Yeah, maybe. I'm not good with I kids' guess. ages. Like uh, you just hear yeah. the dad say she left us, and it's like right. that could mean that could anything. mean anything, really. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that scene's fucked up too. Because who is that woman? That poor woman know. on the couch that he is like fucking berating and and showing her to his young son like that all that is like done so well because it, there's no exposition fully but there it's is so confusing yeah it's so confusing that it puts you in the shoes of 
the kid that's in that scenario where you're just right, like, I have no, no idea. idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. This guy is, is an alcoholic and he has clear like issues and stuff. Like he's, oh, yeah. he's clearly a misogynist and like, he is talking about how you have to kill women. And I don't know if he's being like, uh, metaphorical. It seems like he's not. It seems like he is like saying very specifically to his son to kill women. Uh, it seems like there, yeah. He he grew up with this, uh, you know, this atmosphere. Carl, that is, grew up with this atmosphere of not viewing um, women with a lot of <laughs> sense of worth, uh, based on his experiences that he had with his dad and his dad calling him a girl and a woman, right. and the hard f several times in this right. and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, I like how. I mean, I, I don't like it. It's not fun to watch or anything. No, it's but not. But. I like how they how they manifested that even inside of Carl's world, where he has he has you know his his woman doll collection in there. Right. Which it shows him early on playing with dolls as a kid and getting reprimanded for that. So that's why he turns these women into dolls. But then, like the only the only woman that he sees as being worthy to serve him is the the hyper masculine extremely muscular like hulk woman right like that that's the only one that works for him like the, right. the pretty ones don't they just stay locked up in their little cages and stuff but the one that is more you know quote unquote masculine right. because of her physique is the one that he sees worthy to serve him and bring him jlo right. in his crazy fucking fantasy world like I like how it kind of goes into those those layers that you see a lot of times with serial killers and their attitudes yes. towards women. Yeah, I, I think it's also interesting that he, like, he says near the end, you know, right before she she uh, drowns young Carl, he says that uh, when he was young, he found uh, an injured bird, and he knew yeah. if he took it home that his father would would kill it. So he drowned it to save it from being, you know, tortured by his father. And it's interesting because I don't think we're supposed to see that as a good excuse. We're supposed to see that as further delusion. Like, he doesn't see women as humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 He sees them as, like, objects. He sees them uh, and, and... he he is trying to save women from his father by torturing them and drowning them like it's Apparently. like like the logic is there in his head he really believes it that's what he's saying at the end but that seems to be the moment that convinces her like oh well he has to die like he he can't even comprehend like he he still sees this as like he's doing a good thing but that kind of lines up, too, with something Vince Vaughn said earlier in the movie, where he's just like, I think he wants to be caught. I think he right. knows that this needs to be stopped. And then even, you know, later on in the movie, like there at the very end, before she kind of baptizes slash drowns him to death, and she's she's got like the, the evil king version, you know, held down by the sword. Right. And... It, it changes over to being more like normal, you know, doll hair, Vincent D'Onfrio. And he's like, uh-huh. you know, save me, like meaning kill me, like stop right. this. Like I need to be stopped from doing this. Right. Um, it, it seems like it's kind of one of those things that they, they all three agreed on that he wants to be caught. He wants to stop doing this, which 
you know, of course, in, in real life uh, serial killer psychology, sometimes is the case. Sometimes, sometimes. is not sure. the case. <laughs> yeah. Most, I think most of the time they probably aren't interested in getting caught. But yeah, you got the people who know that something's wrong, but they can't stop it. Uh, and that seems to be what they're going for in this in this case. He knows something's wrong. I mean, they the the movie sets up that he he has uh, ramped up his killings in the past couple of weeks, and he's yeah. having these like episodes and stuff. And he eventually does have this final episode that puts him in a coma forever. Which I don't know if you felt this way. But I feel like introducing a room that locks and putting the good guy and the bad guy in that room is a is a Chekhov's gun situation, and we needed him to come out of the coma and attack her in real life. Mm. Oh, like, like where they're locked in the room together in their wrestler right. suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that needed to happen. Um, that could have, I know that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Though they did set up that he's not going to come out of it. So that wouldn't have made sense. If they had set up earlier, like it's like a one in a gazillion chance that he comes out of it, then that, that could have been like perfect. Like he comes out of it and then they got to, I don't know, have a heart to heart fight where she's like, I know that you are good inside or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That would have worked. I I do, in a lot of ways, like the conclusion that we get in the movie. And there's a lot of dualities through this entire movie. Like, there's a lot of things happening in the dream world that are kind of similar to things that are happening in the real world. There's a lot of mirrors and opposites going on. Um, Right. I mean, the the way that his entire schizophrenic, you know, life started was when his father was having him baptized and we see right. that scene of him being baptized in the water and it's and it's like all men seizure. around him yeah yeah and he has that seizure and that's when the trouble really begins and then at the end of the movie his problems are solved uh by, by a dying. second baptism yeah <laughs> yeah and it's it's a, it's a woman doing it in the name of love right um you know mm-hmm. to put an end to his suffering and then simultaneously you have you know, the man Vince Vaughn saving that woman from drowning in that big tub thing, too. Right. And I like those dualities and stuff that it plays with. I think that that's pretty neat and definitely deliberate. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They're definitely like cutting together that, uh, you know, final confrontation between her and, and, and Carl and uh, Vince Vaughn racing to save the, the final victim. Yeah. Uh, in a way that, that drives. It drives the tension of the 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 Jennifer Lopez scenes when there is far less tension there. Like the tension is kind of gone, but because that they're intersplicing it with the other stuff, it, you still feel it. You're still like, oh, yeah. oh shit, what's gonna happen? I like how all the water stuff is so ingrained in Carl's psyche to where there's there's yeah. water in so many of these environments as well. Yeah. Like as soon uh-huh. as as soon as J Lo enters his head, there's like these droplets of liquid of like liquid blood that are kind of uh-huh. like dripping on that shroud of terrain looking thing that's on her uh-huh. and then the dog gets out of the bathtub and the dog's covered in blood and right he had his first victim in the bathtub they're in that weird like surreal sewer kind of escher sewer kind of area like there's there's water present everywhere i yeah, like that it's it, all over it really place. tried to get into making carl's you know mental landscape 
based on his own traumas and stuff that he had in life. Yeah, I, I very much enjoy it. And, and that makes it fun on rewatch to try to see like, you know, what they're what they're trying to do with yeah. the dreamscape because you got that point where uh like right after she has stabbed the the king Carl and they, you know, are out of his head but in are are out of that room but in another room where she's now like conscious and that room has water in it and those kind of like stepping squares mm, and then yeah. there's that central area with that cube and a a woman happily swimming in it like that's his like fantasy of what's happening with right, these women yeah. in the cell but that's, that's a great point yeah like that is his idea of him setting them free and them being happy about right. what he's doing to them right yeah, and and then it also has this like floating like cube like screen thing that has like the face of a woman underwater and her eyes are completely black. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he says earlier something about like when she uh, comes across him in, at the scene of his first kill, he says something about no names. Like he doesn't want them to have personalities. He doesn't want them to have names. He needs them to be dolls. So that one you know, much like some of the other dolls that we saw in his apartment have the eyes taken out. Mm, uh, he's got to dehumanize so them like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I noticed some some other details, too, that they put work into as far as making those, yeah, those lines being drawn between his, his psychological impressions of himself and his world versus his real-life stuff. Like, one of the first times that we see a, a monster version of him in his own psyche is the one that has like the long, like curly devil horn kind of goat, uh-huh. goat yeah. horn hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you'll notice during that scene, his his arms are like yellow. Like he has yellow arms, which I thought was huh. really odd. He has like these big flowing pants and he's got a, a bare right. chest and stuff, but they painted his arms yellow. And I thought that was such a weird touch. And then I was like, oh, wait. At his first kill that he had when he was like coming into power. Um, he was wearing those yellow kitchen gloves. So that oh. is his idea of like his image of power is like these yellow hands, these yellow arms. Okay. That's uh-huh. him being in control, you know? Wow. Okay. I like that. I think that's a cool kind of touch. I think too, you know what? I think that's why he had that big old dang flowing purple drapery coming off his back too. His daddy burnt him with the iron. He said, I'll be nothing but wrinkly clothes. Hmm. <laughs> Take That's that, what that Dad. was a response to. Take that, yeah. Dad. I'll be wrinkly as I want her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that scene is so cool, though the the throne room scene. Like, so cool, man. Like that's so really. Cool. I feel like that's how he sees himself. Yes. Like his ultimate vision of himself is this, like this demon beast sitting on his throne room, and he's and these curtains constantly pulling on his back piercings because that he very much enjoys that feeling uh, he just that's he's upset in that moment because his sanctum has been like disrupted by her presence that's where he gets to be himself and now she's here i, I that seems just really good like really great oh, effective yeah. moment it's really really cool i will say it is a definite 
late 90s, I don't know, I think cheap shot towards being freaky to have people doing suspensions, right? I feel like that was something that was in so many music videos and like was, horror yeah. movies and shit to indicate yeah. somebody was real fucked up. It's like they right. hanged themselves yeah. on hooks. And don't get me wrong, I've never known anybody that I know of. I, honestly, I probably have known people that do suspensions and I just oh, don't for know sure, it. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure they're not all fucked up. But I feel like in this era of movies, if you wanted to convey to the audience that somebody was real fucked up or that something was grimy or scary, you'd do shit like that. That was kind of the cheap way to making stuff spooky, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's interesting because we've been re-watching the X-Files and, you know, that episode where they go, where they have the the circus sideshow, um... Uh, and it, there's like uh, all sorts of like different acts. One of the main characters does that, but he's mm. not a bad guy. Like yeah. the movie, like the 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 or the the episode, like obviously puts some like suspicion toward him, and so things like that look suspicious. But by, at the end, he's shown as not the bad guy, and that's like so different than every other presentation of that throughout that time. And you're right. Like, yeah, it it is just kind of cheap. It's like by this point, especially like, yeah, okay. He's, he's weird. He hangs himself by hooks. I get it. Yeah, totally, man. But dude, those, those costumes and sets are just bananas in this. Like there are, there's no way you could complain about this stuff. Cause like, no, like even if you go on IMDb and you read the really bad reviews, some of which are fucking hilarious, by the way. Some of the one star reviews on IMDb <laughs> okay. are so out of Gotta left go check field. Those out. Oh my god, dude. Like there there's one guy on there that gave this movie a one star rating because the dead women looked too hot. And it's like Wait, I what? think you're telling me something about yourself here, sir. <laughs> like You mean Okay. Like, yeah, now, hold he complained on. that the women that were dead he's like they should be uh just fucking stinky and bloated and unattractive and instead they're supermodel hot. <laughs> it's like Wow You're telling me a lot about yourself, sir. Yeah, this is really <laughs> you, yeah. my guy. I, I don't know like when when we see the fucking Laura Palmer girl wrapped up in plastic with ants all over her face, my I wasn't yeah. like, oh, what? Too hot. They made her too hot. Too oh. hot, dude. Damn, man. <laughs> I can't take her seriously when she's so busty and hot. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is the matter with you? By the way, the but, actress cool. did that. They, they they didn't do like a bust with the the ants. That Ooh, that's the really? actress. Yeah, she she really let them put ants on her head. So oh, I'm cool. dang ants. Damn. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, even even like the one star reviews people are like yeah it's gorgeous but still i didn't like it i thought it was a movie about jail called a sale like what the <laughs> fuck but everybody agrees universally like the sets and costumes are insane and that's so yeah. crazy in uh you know like i said a time period where this should totally look like shit and have horrible dated ass cg in it but even in those scenes like like the curtain back scene you're talking about yeah. like yeah, there's CG in there. I mean, they didn't, you know, sure, make yeah. fucking 700 feet long curtains attached to his back. Like, whenever you see him pulling in the background, yeah, that's fake. Right. But the majority of that set is fucking it's real. real. Yeah. They built uh-huh. that yeah. shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, I mean, and that's the thing, too, that if you uh, if you are a fan of this and you haven't seen The Fall, go watch The Fall. Uh, oh it God. also does still use some CG, but so much so of it well. is practical. So oh, much of it is practical and just 
the location like the 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 desert in this that that is a namibian desert that is real like they put cg into that and and whatnot but the the actual desert is real and in fact the, you, he uses it again in the fall um makes sense I, yeah yeah like he i think if you gave tarsim singh all the money in the world He'd give you the most gorgeous movie you've ever seen. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. He would do some highly impractical shit, but it wouldn't matter because it would look great. Hell yeah, man. I think it's funny that they they had so much, you know, thought and effort into a lot of these sets and costumes that are just bananas, and then they're like, put them in the Twizzler suit and put a circuit board wash rag over their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's they a put good a dang old wash rag over them. Just well, a wash cloth. Do. That is what it is. They just put the like circuitry looking shit on it. <laughs> just here's a washcloth. Put it on your face. I that love will. all the different looks of of Carl that we get. Like his different images of himself. Like he's got the weird alligator man version. He's got the big king with the drapery. The little mm-hmm. boy version. Like all yeah. these different images he uh, he has of himself. I think they're all so disturbing and seem like they're rooted in different parts of his trauma that we never really get to see. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They're so inventive and so crazy. And I mean, that's, you know, that's exactly what I expect from, yeah, the costume designer from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, what's her first name? Aiko? Yeah. Aiko, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. God, yeah. Damn, so creative. So neat. So good. Yeah. And, and she worked with uh, uh, Tarsim for the rest of uh, his his movies up to 2012 when she, she passed. Yeah. So that, like, I, I think that's a great collaboration because you got two people who have a very definitive visual style. Uh, and I love, yeah, I just love so much. Like, the, the, that, costume that jennifer uh jennifer lopez is wearing when she's under his like spell or whatever yeah and he's, so she's got cool. the dark hair and the yeah. dark lipstick and stuff yeah and that like it's weird awesome. gold thing in front of her face there's like something about this throughout where she has stuff on her face like she is her face is regularly covered and i'm not yeah. really sure exactly what that means like she because at the end uh, you know, when she's this like uh, Mary figure, the only thing not covered is her face. Is and her I'm, face, I'm not, right? Yeah, I'm really not sure. I feel like, like that's that dehumanization aspect that we were talking oh, about, where think? if the face is covered, they're less real. You know? Oh yeah, because it is every time she's in his head. Yeah, okay. under his control yeah. is when her face right, is right. covered. Right. Yeah. You know, I that, think yeah, even that in that sense. costuming and stuff, I I see I see some of that fairy tale childhood story influence coming in too with the influence of of winnie the pooh whenever she's in her apartment (laughs) just wearing an extremely tight fitting shirt and no pants like no woman actually does in real life ever oh uh i mean i've seen it i've seen it for sure especially if uh you know you watch horror movies because it happens all the time yeah no (laughs) she'd be poo baron she'd be poo baron yeah i uh, by the way, uh, 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 Pooh Bear and J-Lo getting high and watching Fantastic Planet. She just got cooler to me. Uh, seriously, the hottest got I've cooler. ever thought J-Lo was. It was so fucking like, yeah, this is rad. And she's just like stoned and enjoying it. The fact that they picked Fantastic Planet is interesting to me, too, because it's like, 
I could see some parallels a little bit, not a ton, but I could see some parallels to like the narrative of that to, you know, what happens in this. Uh, yeah. I, it's you know not, what? it's not huge, but it, no. it was definitely like interesting trying to think it through. You know, that's, that's funny that you mentioned that. Cause that's something I was kind of trying to key in on whenever I was rewatching the movie um, earlier today while I was practicing some guitar, like, you know, there's always a point in a movie whenever you're having dream sequences and stuff where after the first dream sequence, you can always say maybe the whole movie is a dream sequence. Maybe the whole sure. thing is, right? Sure, sure, sure. Uh-huh. And, you know, those scenes that we get whenever she's at home by herself and she's getting stoned and shit, there's some things that come up later in the movie that are similar. Like, during Fantastic Planet... Uh-huh. One of the scenes that it shows us is of these like two like blue face dudes that are wearing collars around their neck. Right, right, right. Now the, the collars, collars are uh-huh. yes. one of his things. Uh-huh. Before she goes to bed and starts watching that movie, she has like a, I don't know, it's just like a little message like corkboard in her apartment, I think. Right. And it shows us like the little news clipping of, you know, the boy, like Mr. Uh-huh. E that's gone into this coma and shit. And right behind it, there's another news clipping that has uh, oh, fuck. I'm going to mispronounce it. Namibia? Oh, yeah, Namibia. Uh-huh. The desert that they filmed this in? Like, there's a headline that has Namibia in big, bold letters right. on her board. Uh-huh. And I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if that is stuff there that is just to subconsciously us as viewers plant those images in our heads. Like, oh, I've seen callers. I've heard of this desert in right. Namibia. And then it comes up later, and you're like, this seems familiar on a, you know... Uh, subconscious level. Right. Or if there is something in this where it's just like, nope, the entire thing was just all a fucking stoned-ass dream. Like, who knows? It's really that, strange. I could accept that. I could entirely accept that at no point is she awake. It is always a dream. She is always like within this realm and like the boy when he gets, you know, in the, in the first scene when the boy gets like all uh makilok uh faced and runs off that the the rest of it is like he's created all these other characters pr- to protect his psyche and created right. this whole dream to keep her away from you know the you know reality of 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 his trauma which is you know having uh witnessed the clubbing of a seal I, it's possible sure yeah i can see that you know, uh-huh. I, I think any time that you do this, there there is always that that possibility in this kind of story. And you sure, know, again, yeah. there's that there's that Alice in Wonderland vibe too. Whenever she, yes. I think it's whenever she goes into his mind for the second time. Yeah, and she's and, small and she's tiny. Yeah, it is very yeah. much like the eat me, drink me kind of scene. I love the the camera work there too, and the big set they put her in. That's very very well done, very clever. And it's also the the the. One like it's one of the biggest moments that could like sort of prove your theory of it, it potentially all being a dream because it's one of the time like I think the primary and only time I can think of that she goes into this and doesn't immediately know she's in the dream world. Yes, like exactly she right. thinks yeah. it didn't work or something, and they're asking her to go do something, and she gets up to go do it, and then she realizes, wait a second, I'm in the dream world. Like, yeah, it's a real quick shift, but it's, it's strange, it also, right? 
yeah, it's strange. It does kind of imply like, wait a minute, how much of any of this is real then? Yeah, man. Dude, some of the gore and stuff that we get in this yeah. in in the real Brutal. world and in the dream world is is so nuts and very effective. Whenever Vince Vaughn is getting his, you know, intestines, that dirty worm yanked out his gut hole. Fuck Yow. me. And he's like screaming. He's like, fuck you, fuck you. Like that yeah. is so intense. Like I remember yeah, that was is. Definitely part of it that fucked me up a lot whenever I watched this the first time, where it was like, I have never seen anything like this in a fucking movie. <laughs> uh, I, I had seen something like this in a fucking movie because I had seen Braveheart. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I've still never watched that start to finish. Never uh, okay. watched it. Well, you yeah. weren't, you weren't uh, missing everything. I think it's an entertaining movie, but, you know, well, there's there's other entertaining movies. But it did have... Uh, you know that in it, and I just wonder, like again, like it seems like so much of in the stuff in this movie is just very like recent pop culture and art and stuff. Like it, if if it were to happen today that somebody made a movie that referenced a bunch of stuff that came out in the past ten years, yeah, and some stuff that came out in the past few years before it, people would be like, "What the fuck's going on, guy?" Like we all just saw that movie. A keyboard uh, playing cat? Dude, I've seen that in the past five years. <laughs> Play him off, keyboard cat. Yeah, keyboard cat real big right now. <laughs> that recent, that relevant. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I, I, think, I think the difference is, of course, that, like, in the 90s, early 2000s, we didn't have streaming. And yeah. I feel like we all, even, even, you know, though my cousins and, and my sister and I often rented stuff like all the time, you just didn't have access to as many things. It just, yeah, not to everything. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get to see as many movies. So like, it's a lot easier to hide if you're ripping something off. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you were making reference to something that just happened, like, yeah, people are just like, oh, cool. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Cause it does seem like there, there are a lot of things in here that are, you know, and, and again, some of it's very like self-referential, which I think is cool for an artist to be like, yeah, I'm going to put him on the set of the fucking losing my religion video. With yes. This bathtub with his victim in it. Like, which I love the is, artists referencing their own art. That's great. Me to too. Me. And it, it means something too, right? Because if you know, like, wait, that's the losing my religion set. He's taught. This is his first kill that yeah. like that, that fits together. He has, he has crossed that threshold. He has crossed that barrier. He has, that is his way. That is Tarson's way of admitting in real life that one day he plans on making his first kill to be Michael Stipe. So whenever Michael <laughs> Stipe shows up murdered, I know exactly who to check with. He admitted it in plain sight. Tarsim is going to kill Michael Stipe. I'm calling it right now. Michael Stipe's got to be 60s of that already, right? Like, just wait. Yeah. Every time I see Michael Stipe, I'm like, man, you look like you should have died like 10 years ago, dude. He looks rough. He has for like most of my life. Michael Stipe looks rough. Uh, yeah. He, he like, he's a, he's a vegan, right? I believe. Is he? Yeah. I think so. I remember like learning. Or, is, or are we just thinking was- of Moby? Because him and Moby look... They look so much alike, and maybe I am, because I remember learning one of them was a vegetarian, and I was like, well, he looks like he's going to (laughs) die. Dude, I'll tell you what. I wanted to die whenever she damn ripped his damn old man titty nipples off in this movie. Fuck uh, me. Fuck me, dude. Yeah. That is brutal. And it it looked great. 
Oh man, it looks so gruesome. It looks so it's got some real pull behind it and mm-hmm. it looks like mm-hmm. it is fucking awful. Like I uh I, I'm not I'm not into a nipple piercing personally cuz I just think about that shit. Like I'm like if yeah, that thing got caught on off. a fucking wide right. knit sweater, something <laughs> jeezy fucking Christ, man. Fuck, I can't even think about it. You got to tell Mima her sweater ripped off your nipples. I mean, yeah, dude, that's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> Knit me a tighter sweater, Mima, one that won't rip my nipples off. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, I'll tell you this. Complaint time. You ready? Let's hear it. Hoisted on my own petard. So, here for the past, I don't know, month or so on the show, like you and I have both been like really rejoicing like a return to physical media being like dude if you if you have it on physical fucking watch it don't stream it everything looks better Uh uh-huh so whenever we were gearing up to watch this i was like wait shit like i have a physical dvd copy of this right here on the shelf i'm gonna fucking change my input select put on my disc of this thing and we're just gonna enjoy it in full visual splendor gorgeous okay and maybe maybe you know about this, and you can you can let me know if this is the case. Um, I don't know if it's the fact that like my DVD is like probably from the year two thousand. Like it, it's one uh-huh. of those ones that has like no insert, like yeah. really you know very obvious early DVD kind of thing. Really shitty uh-huh. menu on it and stuff like they used to back in the day. Right. I don't know if mine was just a really shit DVD transfer because it was made for like 420 TVs or if it is because I was playing it on PS4 and it's like trying to upscale it to being 1080 or 4K. Uh I don't know. But my DVD copy of this looked pretty shitty. Everything looked so grainy and shot and then dude like so we're watching this whole fucking movie and it gets to the point in the movie where we got virgin mary j-lo talking to uh to carl and it's got the crazy like weird you know scrolly shit forming Uh on the screen and all that and the fucking disc stops playing and i pull the disc out and it's like it doesn't have any real big visual scratches or anything on the disc but it's just one of those things that I forgot about where it's like, oh, yeah, sometimes DVDs are just fucking assholes and yeah. don't play if they're not <laughs> minty. So I had, yeah, again, it's either shitty DVD transfer or uh, transfer or shitty upscaling, then right. scratched ass fucked up disc. And I had to like, we stopped it and just bought it on fucking Amazon, right? Um, <laughs> which air quotes bought it. You know, I'll have it yeah. until they say I can't have it anymore. And the transfer on their <laughs> streaming was actually much better than my DVD. So fuck me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I watched it in in 1080, and it, it looked it looked good. But that does suck about older DVDs yeah. for sure. That like they're just not up to snuff. And I mean, you know, uh, yeah. There's always gonna be that issue with physical media as well as like storage issues and stuff. That like always you can just get a bad disc as well. That can happen. Yeah. Like that can happen. Sucks. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. That was a little bit of a little bit of a dick softener watching this entire movie for sure. <laughs> you know, one thing that I do wish that we would have gotten in this, um, especially considering Vincent D'Onofrio's performance as Carl is, I, I think, awesome and so fucked up yeah. and like sensitive and warped. I really wish we would have seen more of him in the real world out and about. Like yes. we just watched, uh, we yeah. just had Barbarian on the show where. Uh-huh. 
uh, no spoilers if you've not listened to that episode or watched that movie, but some of that we get the villain in real in life trying yeah, to yeah. act uh-huh. normal. Same thing yeah. happens in Silence of the Lambs a few times where you get Buffalo Bill in yeah. normal mm-hmm. world. But like in this movie, we really don't get normal everyday Carl interacting with anybody. Like he has his victims who he doesn't speak to whatsoever or interact with in any way. We have him alone and then we have him in the dream world, like where he's only being confronted by, yeah, you know, cops and shit. Like we never get to see him acting normal or trying yeah. to pretend to be a regular person. I think that would have added some depth to this movie and depth to that character. Yeah, I, I think so too. I would like to have seen him because like he he has to. I mean, how do you, you get an albino dog without like talking to some people? You know, How do you like get that you, fucking elaborate ass setup built where you're just like, oh, it's like a, I like to take standing baths. That's why I need you to install <laughs> this elaborate yeah. setup in this grain silo. Yeah, like you're like, right. Dude, yeah, just a little scene at the very least of him trying to be normal would have because yeah, we don't have anything to compare it to. Mm-mm. Is the the issue? We don't know what mask he's wearing daily. All we see. Is him without the mask on. Yeah, we see the real thing only, right? Yeah, and, and his whole layer is so super villainy, man. It's like, how, how do you get that built? Where it's like there's a sink and a prison toilet and this elaborate water timer system. Like, how do you get that, man? Come on. Uh, I guess, like, uh, yeah, I do wonder that, too, because, like, I gathered, like, yeah, it's probably abandoned type of thing, but, like, all the... All the tools and all the work and stuff, that's expensive. And I mean, are what what are we running into? Are we just running into in the year two thousand? It was easy for a guy with schizophrenia to both own a home and own extra property without raising like any alarms and struggling for money. Like- Alright, here's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> Look at it this way. Can you imagine can you imagine in this economy? You're a single person living off of one income, and you still have enough disposable income to buy a rare albino pet and right. build a custom kill chamber in a grain silo. Can you imagine trying to do that in this economy? Yeah, right. No, impossible. 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 I mean, listen. The cost of materials I, alone will eat you alive. Exactly. Like, you'd just be over you here shitting by yourself. Woo, like, man. <laughs> you'd be, you'd custom, be drawing up the plans. glass? <laughs> You're just drawing up the plans, trying to price everything. You're like, can't do it. This is going to cost me a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, Yeah, no, not going to happen. I guess I'll just kill people the old-fashioned way. What if that's the entire plan, though, from from them, right? The big them at the top of the totem pole. They're like, Uh maybe if we make kill rooms unaffordable, we won't have serial killers anymore. (laughs) That's the whole point. (laughs) They'll just have to just fucking figure out how to jerk off and be satisfied that way like the rest of us. Like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, that might be it. That's probably That's why the, they're doing the big it. conspiracy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you think the message of this is just like, you know what? Sometimes dead is better. Is Pet Cemetery the messaging <laughs> going on here? Is this a pro-death yeah, penalty so. movie? Yeah, I think that is the, the moral of the story, that like at the end of her journey... She goes from, uh, you know, trying to 
look past a, a child's trauma to to help them to come to terms and potentially even come out of the, this coma to, you know what, maybe you don't need to and it would be better for you to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems to be the whole thing, right? Because yeah. he's just like, gotta drown this kid, I guess. Yeah. All right. And I think there's like, because like um, in the original cut, there there's a a line where she like she tells um she t- she tells uh, Vince Vaughn about uh, she had an abortion in college and that is what drove her to become a child psychologist because she regretted the abortion and apparently test audiences found made found that that made her unlikable. Whoa, because test audiences are weird so they they cut that out which i think like i mean maybe in some way you could make something of that maybe but i i still don't see that there was ever much of an arc for her like ever like what does she learn What, what like she just tries her best to make young carl feel better and all she can do at the end is is kill him. Like, yeah. And it's what? not like Mister E is like you know cured by the end of the movie. <laughs> like, right. And she's not going to kill him. So like, <laughs> like what? Like I don't know. Like what? What is our takeaway for her? All right. Um, here, I'll tell you what the takeaway is. Listen, you got to read between the lines. You ready for this? Okay, let's hear it. She figures out at the end of this entire thing. She says, "Hey, man." Fuck psychology. Fuck your feelings. I gotta fucking drown this kid to death. And then the next kid that she gets with in her mind, old Mr. E, do you notice what was what was going on in the background? It's in the desert. They got all these cherry blossom trees and stuff going on. Uh-huh. Long, thin blue line right behind her. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Did you notice that? There's that long tapestry. It's a long oh, blue yeah. silk uh-huh. cloth. Okay. She's rocking the thin blue line by the end of the movie, Steve. <laughs> She's part of the establishment. Okay, because, okay, yeah, she's convinced by Vince Vaughn. Now she's broke up. I yep. see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kill him wow. on the spot, she says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's her That's her story <laughs> that's her arc. arc. It's, she yeah. goes from having, uh, I guess, no opinion on cops. We didn't get presented one to being all like fucking, yay, thin blue line. <laughs> There's a deleted scene where when she pulls up in that car with the dog to Carl's house, she got a big uh-huh. ass uh, fucking Punisher sticker all over that the back windshield <laughs> of that thing. That's what that, she's got. I didn't notice that. I mm, did. Deleted scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did want to talk about the dog just for a moment because. Oh, poor dog. Poor dog. Like this poor guy gets roped into, you know, all these terrible shenanigans. And. When I was looking through the 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 original script, I came across something that was just really funny to me. In the scene where uh, you know um, Carl is is jerking off onto that corpse while watching the video of her slowly drowning, the <laughs> it mentions in the script that the dog hates what's happening. <laughs> oh. oh. 
Which Feel is some perfect. sympathy for the dog. Note, yeah. the dog does not like this. He's not a fan. So just so you know, the dog not a bad guy. <laughs> you know what? I think we probably needed that, that in there, honestly, because... right. I feel bad for situations like that, and there are you know plenty of killers that have had pets and stuff and have used their, their oh, yeah. pets and their crimes and shit, and mm-hmm. and them, them old dogs don't know any better. They don't know, yeah. They're just sweet little babies. They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it sucks that um, you know you see this. That that is uh, again though. I think as you said, it's just Silence of the Lambs. It's like, well, yeah. we'll give him a dog, uh, which I guess kind of humanizes him which they want to do because we are dealing with some nature versus nurture in this though i don't know that that they ever come to any like real conclusion Mm -mm. um but it it is it is definitely dealing with that as you have like vince vaughn talking about uh, seemingly his own abuse and how someone can be abused and not grow up to be someone who hurts other people uh, and then you have like young Carl versus the monster Carl, like in his own brain, he still is innocent. There's an innocent in there that is just being harmed by all that is happening. Uh, yeah, it, it's real interesting. I'm not really sure what the movie is getting at with all that because it never fully feels like it comes to a, 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 a point. And, and maybe the point is like, uh, you know, it's indeterminate. Like, how can you figure out if it's nature versus or nature or nurture? It's it's something for sure. Like mm. something's going on. That's it, man. I'll tell you the biggest question I had by the end of this movie. You ready for this? Okay, is there? There's that scene in this movie, and this is your movie, where you got Vince Vaughn. And he's in there in in Carl's mind with J Lo, uh-huh. and J Lo is like bad J Lo. She's really uh-huh. evil there for a while. And he snaps her out of it by being like, hey, it's me. Your baby brother was in a car accident and he was in a coma. You remember that? Uh-huh. How in the world did that baby brother get behind the wheel of a car? Babies ain't supposed to drive. <laughs> How's that baby well, driving a car? It crashed. It got, How, you know. Obviously. It, it got in the car. It checked its rearview mirror, buckled up, put it into gear, started reverse and fucking immediately crashed that's what happens and died. that's what happens i had big questions about that i wanted to flash yeah. back to that scene where it just showed a baby getting hilarious. on the wheel of a car you know <laughs> i also thought because like you know i was wondering i was like you know trying to work through why they invented this uh you know uh condition uh, and I was thinking, like, <laughs> they could have just had him, like, when he was in the bath and they were, like, surrounding the house, they could have just had him get out and slip. <laughs> you know what? He hits his yeah. head. He's out. <laughs> like, That's it. He's out. That's it. Yeah. It actually can be that simple is the thing, right? Yeah, but that's that's too comedic. It definitely changes the entire tone. Like, that becomes, like, that that is just a pratfall type of thing. Like, there's no way you wouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> I suppose so. I suppose. But still, it's a pretty fucking cool movie. That that score is. Yep. is also nuts too. Howard Shore's Howard soundtrack Shore. on this yep. is bonkers, man. Some of those early scenes in the movie where it sounds like I don't know, it sounds like like five different bands. It sounds like walking into like World Music Guitar Center and everybody's okay. jamming different songs. <laughs> yeah. It's real intense and really crazy. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, it really starts out like zings out like the 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 music playing as you're getting that like helicopter shot through the desert as somebody is trudging through like the desert. I I can't imagine that they would make Jennifer Lopez do that because like I'm watching that guy walk or the person whoever's walking through the desert in that dress and thinking like that has to feel because like. You're so, you got so far to go. <laughs> like, you got this helicopter circling around you. I'm sure that, you know, just on the other side of the ridge, maybe there's like craft services and stuff, but that walk through the desert in the sand along the ridge of the sand dune would suck so much. Man, I'll tell you, I saw an interview with JLo and she said that was her. She did that? That's what? what she says, anyway. That I mean, that's badass. That's why I was thinking, why would they make her do it? Because you can't even see her face. No. So why would you make her do it? Right. Like, right. Just throw throw anybody down there in that fucking yeah, your cast looking dress. Yeah, because that that would be the worst. I, I would not yeah. want to do it. So that's badass. That's badass that she did it. But the music that's playing when that's happening is just so like it, it is just everything hitting you at once. It feels like. Yeah, yeah, it's bonkers, man. Suits the tone, definitely sets that weird, like, we are not in Kansas anymore kind of tone that right. carries through the rest yeah. of the flick. I know that this has problems. I know that ultimately, like we said, the entire going into the killer's head to find clues does not matter because old-fashioned detective work is what actually beats the bad guy in this. Right, Like, <laughs> yeah. All this crazy shit, it is really just there for the visuals didn't really serve the story exactly. But I, I just think that's so cool. You know, as somebody that is yeah. uh, always been interested in the minds of, of serial killers and what that must be like and how different their thought processes and everything must be from the rest of us. Right. You know, to have a movie that is really just an excuse to kind of like prowl around and be like, I think it'd be kind of like this in their head. Like, oh, I'm yeah. on board. Just Me subject too. matter and yeah. imagery alone, I'm fine with it. Honestly, yeah, I don't even cool. I don't even care that that story falls apart so easily. No, no, it doesn't bother me. In fact, I I thought like, you know, if they had shot him in the head and they were like trying to, as I said, happen in that that show. And they were trying to go in his head, and there's all these like horrors and things, but also these like incomplete memories. I feel like that could have been fun too. Like, I could watch another movie with this premise and, and get into it, and it wouldn't even be like, oh, this is just the cell. I mean, have you watched the cell too? <laughs> okay, maybe I can't watch a movie with this premise and get into it. I have not watched the direct to video, the cell two. I didn't know this existed. It has like a two point fucking six rating on IMDb. I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, what?" That's pretty rough. Yeah, that can't be good. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I, I am never gonna watch that. But anything <laughs> else with this uh, this sort of premise, I, I could definitely get interested in. I, I love. I mean, we've talked about it with, like, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff. I love Dreamscape stuff. Yeah, um, Dave Lynch stuff, man, totally. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, give give me more of that, and I'm I'm very interested. I, I would definitely watch uh, anything similar in that vein, though I don't know that anything would ever look as gorgeous 
yeah as, as i know what we right got here I yeah. know, and and I'll watch I'll watch anything Tarsim does. Honestly, oh like, for sure, yeah. This movie, The Fall, Immortals, Mirror, Mirror, like all of his uh-huh. stuff. Even if you do not give a single fuck about what is going on, watch it in the best resolution possible on the biggest, yeah. nicest TV you have access to. You're gonna have a good time. Yeah, you're not gonna care. It is gonna be <laughs> so goddamn gorgeous that it's just insane, and it's really got me like amped up to watch through some of those movies again so i'll probably yeah. be doing some homework on some other tarzan flicks after this hell yeah that's awesome i cool definitely movie. recommend the fall like to, to anybody yeah. listening who hasn't Fuck seen yeah. it go watch it it's really good oh yeah yeah that's probably his best one overall and, mm-hmm. and mirror mirror is really neat too there's uh-huh. some stuff in that that is so fucking cool and kind of carries some similar visual themes to some of the things that he does in this i feel like tarzan is one of those guys that has that um Oh shit! What is the thing that that Frank Zappa called it, where you kind of keep the th- the same themes going through your entire body of work? Mm, okay, all right, right, right. Fuck! Right. It's gonna take me a minute to remember what that is called. Shit! That's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just kind of this idea that like, hey, it's your art, it's your style. If you right. want to return to it at any time for any reason, cool. Put that melody from that song that you put. Yeah, out 10 years ago put that in your song you just wrote if you think it'll be cool oh yeah it absolutely is your art go back to i mean fucking stephen king's entire career is based on that you know oh yeah yeah he have goes back to ideas a lot yeah. yeah all the time sure why not you know so a lot of tarsum stuff kind of has that element going on to again i wish i could remember zappa's term i'm gonna remember it as soon as we fucking hit stop on this it's gonna drive me insane <laughs> yeah but, yeah, it's it's really 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 cool, man. I like this movie. I, I yeah. again, I know it has problems. I will watch it again, and I will enjoy it very much, even if it is just for the visuals. What you gonna rate it? I think this movie for me is like a, I think like seven seven and a half is where I would put it. I like it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I, I I would put it at seven and a half. I I think which is what we. I gave critters last week, so this is as good as critters. As good as critters. That's, I mean, that's high ratings, honestly. Because critters are fucking well, great. The, the thing is that, like, uh, Anna and I were talking about this. Like, uh, you know, sometimes, like a movie like this, you talk about it visually. It's like a nine and a half, a ten. It's up there. Uh, as far as interest level and stuff, it's high. As far as like, you know, the story and some of the other stuff, it's like. Eh. Not great, and and not 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 great on return watch, but it all is made up for by just the artistry. I feel like. yeah, totally yeah. agree. I feel like it's the same thing I talked about on the Suspiria episode whenever we did that, where it, it's very much it's very much that same kind of philosophy. Where if the story was as big as the visuals are, it would be very hard to stay concentrated on this. Like if yeah. every time I was in one of these elaborate ass crazy you know visually stunning dream sequence um i keep saying dreams it's it's not like they're asleep but you know inside the killer's head you know what i mean like Uh if i was also having to pay super close attention to like little tiny plot details and threads rolling by i wouldn't be able just to soak in what i'm looking at so you kind of have to tone something down if you want the visuals to be this big and sure yeah Mm -hmm. i'm okay with that it's totally fine by me well, and yeah, and, and yeah, letting letting the outside world story do most of the like exposition works good in in that aspect. Then, yep, yeah, totally, man. Mm-hmm. Good flick. Looking forward to hearing what you guys think about this one over on the Facebook page. 
uh, where you can hang out with all the other cool people like yourself who like this show and like oral films. So sign up today. Join up to the Dead and Lovely Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram and all the other places you can find us, which you can find over on our Linktree page, including our Patreon page where you can submit money papers and submit Mm -hmm. movies to the smoke and bowl and get them drawn just like our man frank soto did for this episode yeah yeah head on over there patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely uh become a patron on any level you get access to the patreon exclusive episodes including uh ben's book club that just came out the the shining book review you did uh and uh the the hell rankers on the conjuring that uh, will be out i think uh, a few days after this comes out or maybe yeah, even yeah. A, a day after. Who knows? Well, uh, the Who last knows? day of September, September 30th, is when it'll be out. Uh, uh, if you become a patron on a $5 level, you get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl, and then we draw from the Smoking Bowl, as we did this week, and then we cover that movie, and uh, fuck, it just keeps getting awesome. So head on over there. I want to know what you want to hear about, because uh, our, our fans have the best taste. Mm-hmm. Y'all like things that are nice. So do we. So don't delay. Sign it today and support this show. And next week here on the show, we are getting into the month that has already been going on for a month because October actually starts in September because yep. that's when uh-huh. Halloween season that's starts. True. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. First week of October, we're going to kick off our favorite time of the year by having ourselves a little bit of fun. Y'all like fun? I like to have a little bit of fun. Let's just do I a do fun too. one. You know what? Why don't you just grab yourself a good old Mongolian meyak mm. and kick back and listen to us talk about Ernest Scared Stupid. How about that? That seems like a perfect way to kick off the Halloween season to me. Oh, my God. What a fucking great, great yeah. movie. It's a 10. And it's, it's currently ten. on YouTube for free with ads or free if you have Prime. Or nice. whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. so go, go check it out. If you've never seen Ernest Scared Stupid, uh, I envy you. You're, I'm you're so in excited for, a ride. for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, could you imagine making it this far and like maybe you just suddenly never knew that there was one of these movies, like an Ernest Halloween movie, and you just found out about it, and you're like, there's an Ernest Halloween movie, and you got to watch it for the first time right now? Yeah. Fuck, that'd be amazing. I think, I think uh, absolutely... Like I I I know having rewatched this movie recently that I cannot look at it objectively. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I love Ten. it. Ten. I'm gonna try, but it's so fucking cool because like it was just perfect. It came out at the right time, at right age, at a time when I needed it, and I, I'm excited to talk about it. So next week. We'll be talking about them dang old boogery, two-nosed fucking little devils, (laughs) won't we? Absolutely. So good. So tune in then. I'll be Uncle Ben. I'll be Hollywood Steve. And it'll be a very special Halloween dead and lovely. Waiting for tonight. Whoa. You will be hearing Bye. Bye. While I was watching this dang old movie, I was eating myself a handful of a Sour Patch Kid. You know about them Sour Patch Kids, don't you?
Absolutely. I love Sour Patch Kids. If I go to the theater and I am going to get candy, that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm reaching for. A Sour Patch mm-hmm, Kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is just a dang old delight. I had the tropical flavor bag my wife picked oh, up for yeah. me. And I was just, I was chewing them kids up, being just pro-choice as fuck like I am, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what And we I was do. thinking to Chew myself, hey, these little chewed up kids are getting a little too sweet on me. I just don't have the tolerance for my sweets like I used to, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So I think that Sour Patch Kid is a brand that I think needs to grow up with us okay. and start a line of Salty Patch Adults. What do you think about that? <laughs> salty, salty Patch Adults. Salty Patch Adults. Okay. Yeah. All it's right. a high sodium chew for grownups. Uh-huh, yeah, because grown-ups need high, more sodium in their diet. Absolutely, yeah, man. It's yeah. For your heart health, it's for everything. <laughs> so, I think yeah, we, okay. we have a variety bag that has, like, your classic salt and vinegar, obviously. So, okay, Chewy these salt are gummies. These mm-hmm. are gummies. Yeah, they are gummies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay, continue. <laughs> uh, you got your classic pepperoni. Mmm, so savory. Okay. All right, May- all right, maybe, maybe the textures. A l- it depends. Like some, I feel like a sour patch gummy texture isn't. Te- I I mean, it is far off, but it's not too terribly far off from a pepperoni. So maybe it wouldn't be too weird. Well, hang on though. Think about whenever you bite into that that bouncy gummy texture, and you grab one of the brown ones, and that's your classic Worcestershire flavor. Ooh. <laughs> Tell me you're not having a good time. Salty Patch Adults. It's especially just, good if then you follow that up with one of the, the hickory smoke jerky flavor ones. Ooh. Delicious. Mm. I need, I guess I need these now. I mean, <laughs> so you're just, you're grabbing a handful and it could be, you could get yourself some jerky, some, some Worcestershire and like, uh, like a nice salty pretzel all in one handful. Yeah, the Bavarian just, pretzel and mustard flavored one. Those are the yellow ones. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I love then you get it. your beer, your beer cheese orange one after that. Oh yeah. man, it's a party. Uh, it's a sodium party, and everyone's invited. <laughs> I love. I mean, you know, because I I feel like I hear adults screaming, "I love gummies," but I hate that they taste like candy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great idea. Great idea. I'm, you know, I'm signing on. Uh, I'd like to, I, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Here you go. Shark Tank. I want it, man. <laughs> Trademark dead and lovely salty patch adults. You heard it here first. It's going to be the hot Halloween treat. I guarantee you. <laughs> Absolutely. Hand it out to the kids. You'll appreciate this in 30 years. <laughs> but for now, you'll just be really pissed because it tastes like fucking, you know, pot roast or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> as a gummy, as a, as a gummy. gummy. Oh, maybe though, you know what? Maybe there's a chef listening right now who's going to take up the challenge of the yeah, pot probably. roast gummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>